stop being gross. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna take myself down a peg. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> like a little. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's been. I'm having second thoughts. Can you take me down a notch? It's been a long three years, guys. Humble brag. I told him about tag team. Could use a tiny fork. Welcome to the podcast again. Uh, today I have both uh, Elon and uh, Michael, both both previous guests of the podcast, all, uh, all stars, if if you will. I mean, let's. I face mean, it. probably the best. I mean, if there were a best of of my, there's only like four <laughs> episodes, so and it's a deep catalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the best of would definitely include fifty percent of the episodes that I've released, and you guys are at least. 50% of that. So well, well, I like those stats. Yeah. Let's go for one more. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, so yeah, great, great to have you. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, we just got back from, uh, some fried chicken deliciousness. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, the most childish dinner <laughs> I've ever had in my life. Was, uh, <laughs> I, I was shocked when it came out and it was not uh, child size. It was a, a full meal. I know. I was also a little bit disappointed that it was okay. So it was it was fried chicken or was fried, fried chicken, chicken spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was a little disappointed that it wasn't just like just really plain spaghetti with like ragu and just mm-hmm. like a large chicken tender on top. That was what I was expecting. But they tried to fancy it up. They put like some veggies in there. Yeah, it was like a it was like a fried chicken noodle creme brulee or something. It was like mm-hmm. a little burnt on the top with the cheese. I don't know. And are are you guys uh you you both had I didn't have them, but you both had raw oysters. I mean, are you both fully erect at this moment? They were Is that cooked. a myth? They were cooked. Oh, they were okay. cooked. They so, were feels, so there was no safer. there was no uh erectile um functionality in them, I guess. All, all joking aside. When you you so for those of you who don't know, uh, Michael fairly recently ate a hundred oysters in one sitting. Like, did you feel like some euphoria? Like, I, is that a myth entirely? Just because you know oysters look kind of vaginal, like, or were you actually feeling a little rambunctious? No, I mean I didn't feel very randy at all. Um, Wait, I've, is that a myth because they look vaginal? Or I, I believe so. Oh. Uh, okay. That's that's the apocryphal. I like, thought that's how they just treat kind of a... they they trick people into eating things that look like snot. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I guess that's have this bowl of, of snot. Uh, it looks little... like it comes in a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> great. Well, awesome. no, that's <clears throat> that's interesting though. Like uh, the classic example is always milk, right? Of like who was the first person to walk up to a cow's udder and mm. say. I'm, I'm going to drink this. Yeah. Oysters are another great example where it's a little bit more involved. You have to find it and crack it open and you and look at it. And it's not easy to no. open those things. No. No, like no. who did that first? And you think, okay, I'm, I'm going to eat this. See, like a cow makes a little bit more sense, right? Because it right. has a calf and it's like, oh, that yeah. thing's eating. I'm starving. I've already done just... this as a baby. I've yeah. seen it done. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if food shortage happens... I well, know I can probably get nutrients. So out maybe of that, that's right? how it happens. Maybe maybe in the way that I watch like a calf drinking from the udder, and I make the connection to myself drinking from the other. Maybe you watch your dog, you know, that your like hunting partner will go over and chow fucking down on some oysters because he, he I mean, don't. Can they fucking, get into one? 
I mean, let's assume for the moment you found one of those rare oysters that's cracked open or whatever, or you cracked it up. I'm just saying, imagine like you see some some other animal you trust go up and be like, I'll eat a fucking snotty vagina. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, but I feel like most of the predators of oysters are are other like, you know, it's not like they're washing up on shore. You have to like, sure. you have to put some effort into going and getting them first. Mm, mm. And then, and even in that, you'd have to put effort into going and seeing something crack it open. Right. Like what exists that, I don't know. I don't know what oysters natural predators are. I don't know, man. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing from Brashear. I'm at a loss. <laughs> but suffice to say, uh, Brashear ate um, 100. Yeah, in an hour. In, in under an in hour. Under you said an you hour, had like, like 40, 20 minutes 40, left. 40, 45 minutes and there were some detours along the way. There was um, a, a cheeseburger, several rounds of bread, um, a half a plate of uh, linguine with clams. Um, because the, the man who I... Because because oysters weren't enough shellfish. Uh, well, these two know this. The, the listeners to the podcast Did you also have a it. Bloody Caesar? Uh, no. Like to wash it down? <laughs> I had several to... martinis. It was a part of a bet. And the man who I like made pickled oyster. Yeah, the man who I made the bet with thought um, 100 oysters. You know, this is certainly nothing to sneeze at. And then we realized very quickly. Why just we're talking about like things that look like snot and using the <laughs> phrase. Well, you know, I'm a sucker for a good turns out it was entirely to sneeze at. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in on, on the boogers. That's where <laughs> we are. Um, he realized about probably 20 minutes in, uh, he's going to do it. He's going to clear 100 oysters. So the only way to stop him is to give him other food, which I was fine for because sure. I was confident in my eating ability. you're a greedy little pig. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a greedy little pig. So the, 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 the bet was 100 oysters in an hour. If I complete it, he has to pay for the meal. If I don't, then I do. And so okay. when he realized he's going to do it and I'm going to be out some money, he tried to, he tried to uh, liquor me up a little bit. Um, and a hundred oysters, and you weren't the only one. There's, no, no, There was no. two hundred oysters consumed mm -hmm. that day. That's a shitload of oysters. Yeah, and um, my uh, my partner in crime, uh, my buddy Andrew, was just plowing through them. You know, I was trying to be a little bit more tasteful about it, take my time and dress them up. You know, they give you the accoutrement, so to speak. You have, you know, your horseradish and your oh, cocktail sauce. They, you know, I feel like I was, that gets I was, left out a lot. I was a little bit hurt, not hurt. I was a little bit frustrated halfway through because I'd been, you know, citrusing, squeezing the lemon on the entire platter, and they were coming out twenty at a time. <laughs> and he wasn't limiting any of them. I, I had to do it every time. Mm. I like um, that they didn't come out in like uh, dozens, though. Well, it was funny. Um, we had asked them when we went in because it was a nice establishment, right? This wasn't like Uncle Billy's Oyster House, where you certainly probably do have knuckleheads coming in and saying, we're going to eat 100 oysters. This was a nice oyster bar in town where this might have been... Um, off-putting to the rest of the clientele and to the oh, restaurant man. staff so we had asked them hey is, is it cool if we do this we're going to try to we're going to order 200 oysters in an hour and they're like yeah it's actually pretty funny it's our shuckers last day <laughs> <laughs> so you know so, get, get your money's worth yeah <laughs> and oh, um, that's i wonder how much that guy hated you i uh, know we we my friend andrew who you both know went and spoke with him and i think actually bought him Wait, a drink talk and he was to the shucker oh, yeah he was oh. just like hey man we're gonna do it would have been great if he would have come out to the table like a chef <laughs> been like i just wanted to check on you see how those oysters were shucked yeah, no, he he didn't. But Andrew Andrew went and spoke with him, and he was cool with it. And I think he bought him a drink and said thanks. And he thought it was really funny. They were down. I think I think that's the most exciting thing they've had happen there for a while. Right. right. 
it's, I, I just, I love the I mean, what image in my mind, watching, like thinking of like the rest of the clientele, like wearing, you know, nice clothes, sitting upright, no elbows on the table, and just watching you pigs chow down <laughs> on bowls, of, uh, bowls and bowls of snot. But it reminds them so saliently that they're just eating snot at the end of the day. Like, there's nothing special about this. They still come out like in the presentation, like the little on ice and Mm. everything. They didn't like cheapen that at all. They didn't lower their standards um, (laughs) when when we we obviously despite their best efforts, despite uh, despite your standards being non-existent, essentially at that point. Mm. Nice. So, I mean, yeah, and it was, it was kind of like, like the real risk there though, is you're playing the odds, right? Like, so every time you eat oysters, you're, you're playing the odds of like, one of these is going to be bad and tomorrow's going to be a really bad day. So you have like a half dozen, your chances are pretty low, but, but you've just upped the stakes between the two of you, 200 oysters. I, I feel like good work on the shucker or whoever makes sure that they're not bad or yeah no i mean i felt pretty good at the end of it um we went out uh <laughs> just, went to you know went, it's that went you know, on erectile went, like, on, uh, went on a little bar hop hard like a diamond <laughs> we went on a little bar hop and then i actually ended up eating again that night i had chicken nuggets from whataburger and if anything was going to get me it was going to be those chicken nuggets mm. It wasn't a nervous breakdown. He did it again. <laughs> I did it because I liked it. And in fact, I'm planning on doing it again. We're thinking about doing a similar one, but Andrew's out because he doesn't think he can win where he's a little bit more shrewd than me. Mm. Um, the goal is 200 cocktail shrimp. Ooh. Oh my God. In that an hour. Um, 200 each. Yes. So 400 oh. total. It's a lot of cocktails. I feel like that's you're j- you guys are both just begging to like develop a shellfish allergy. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, because it happens over time, uh, like eventually. My uh, my thought, and this is how neurotic I am, was I had looked up, you know, how many calories am I going to be taking in? And it was actually under 2,000 because an oyster does not have that many calories. It was something like 1,600 calories is 100 oysters. Maybe you should should start the next fad diet. But what I had thought was, am I going to get like like, keto, but the. Am I going to get like magnesium poisoning or something? Oh, yeah. Some like something like heavy metal poisoning. Some some precious metal that like you're meant to have a little bit of and you're eating too many micro beads or whatever whatever vast amount oh like <laughs> yeah a like, bunch of uh clean and clear face wash or just like <laughs> beads just like down glitter my gullet. that just exists in the ocean i don't know well what i was trying to be cognizant of and i wasn't as good about it as i should have been because time was a factor here is you know whenever you go to get oysters if the shucker is not good or if the restaurant's in a hurry like part of the thing is they're not pre-opening these oysters and like they're like oh this is a good one okay we'll shut it and then we'll serve it out later no they're yeah, shucking no. them live do- yeah and sometimes there can be little like reef worms or parasites or mm. things in there and that's so what i was like, saying it's around, like you're you know? you're essentially putting yourself at a lot of risk again if, if you're only eating a half dozen maybe a dozen oysters you know your risk of something going bad is far lower than Hey, we're ordering 200 oysters. If you could just get them out here as quickly as possible, because I have to finish them in an hour. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. Michael didn't want necessarily to eat 100 oysters. Michael's in it for the love of the game. This is why he'll risk losing the cocktail shrimp thing because you love the game. And so, look, when you play when you play hard, sometimes you get injured. Sometimes fair, you need a reform. You know? I think the the shrimp is a a safer bet, right? Because they're just gonna boil 200 shrimp. And all you need is a big pot, but like shucking oysters. And is it is it the shucker's responsibility to know that? Like who? Who's the so. guy? If not the shucker, then who? Yeah. Well, I, I'm just curious. I've never. I guess I've worked in a restaurant once that had oysters, but right. Well, Elon we Elon has a good point, <clears throat> and this is actually something we could talk about. In that, I don't 
do I want to win? Yes, because I don't want to lose money on all these oysters. But if I lose and losing here is not finishing in time, I'm still satisfied because what I was after was not just the oysters. I'm after the spectacle of we went to this restaurant and did this and we have a captive audience. That's the entire restaurant and people from work and they're Wait. all here. And in a way, we didn't trick them. Like there was no, there was no lie at play. But at the end of the day, you're all here to watch a grown man try to eat a hundred oysters. And one of you is trying to stop him by feeding me martinis. And like, even if I fail miserably, like I only eat 30 oysters or I have too many martinis and I cannot continue. Like it's more about the spectacle and saying, okay, like I created a show and you were all a part of it. Um, Cause that's really ultimately like mm-hmm. what I'm after any time. And if anything, you winning it, like again correct me if i'm wrong here like yes you didn't want to have to spend several hundred dollars on oysters <laughs> but even winning it makes the spectacle better right it's a better story when when you get to beat this guy and like he has to pay for both of you like it just makes the spectacle even better but it wasn't necessarily a, even about the money like that's a part of it sure but like that's not what it was about no it's it's, it's about like i'm trying to make something happen that otherwise wouldn't happen or mm. force an interaction or, and this is going to come across as mean, but I don't think it's mean. Like, even make someone slightly uncomfortable. Mm. Okay. Like, let's say we really got down to crunch time. Yeah. Like, let's say I'm at 80 oysters, 10 minutes left, and I'm like, I need 20 right now, and I need you to bring them out as fast as you can, and the restaurant staff are in a hurry. That never happens to them. Like, they've never yeah. been in a hurry before, but now they're a part of my experience where maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're rooting for or against me. Either yeah, one's sure. fine because it's deviating from the norm. Like, in a way, it would be funnier if they were like, hey, take your time on this. This guy's a jerk. We don't want to give him the, the final 20 oysters. Like, we want him to lose. That's fine because it's funny. But even better, I think it's even funnier because it's the shucker's last day and he's yeah. like, I got to fucking get these fucking oh, yeah. oysters he out. He pulls in the auxiliary shucker like, yeah. come on, bro. We got to do right. this. Well, Rudy, like, Rudy's counting on us. Yeah. Well, it's like um, my girlfriend will give me a hard time about this, but she's always a really, really good sport. Um, She'd pretty much have to be, though, to have have been my girlfriend for so long where like she'll say, oh, like he doesn't actually care about what he's talking about, which makes me sound crass or insensitive. But she'll say he's performing. Sure. And like that is kind of what it's about. The example is um, a a coworker, uh, Catherine, who you both know had used the service that she works for. Long story short, it's a garment rental service. And Catherine was saying, hey, I used the service. It was really great. I have this this bag, this garment bag, and it has three full-size gowns in it, and I've got to get it back by noon. But, you know, tell your girlfriend I really enjoyed her service. And I was like, well, you know, that garment bag's a little bit large. Like, that's kind of a pain, don't you think, to have to mail it back? And she's like, oh, well, you know, there's three full-size gowns in here. And I was like, you know what? I'm, if I'm hearing your feedback correctly, like, this garment bag situation is really not ideal. Let's call up my girlfriend and just, just you know, let's give her this feedback. She's like, I don't, that's not my feedback. I don't want you to do that. And I was like, well, this, this ship has sailed. It's, it's happening. It's happening. And so we're in the open office. And at this point, I'm kind of uh, riding my own wave, so to speak, which is my downfall. So I call up my girlfriend and I say, you know, um, this is really, you know, a bad experience. I think you should know as a member of this company, this garment bag is way too big. Poor Catherine's going to have to lug this thing down to the, you know, the, the FedEx or the postal office or whatever. And like, this is really tiring. The postal office. <clears throat> the post office, you know, it's not, it's not a good time. And my girlfriend, you know, she doesn't even speak. She just answers the phone. I hit her with it. She says, oh, it's, I, I get it. It's a show. <laughs> and I was like, it's not a show. It's what I care about. And she's like, you, you don't care about this. Um, and she knows you she well. She fucking called your bluff the other day, right. too, when we were and talking about pegging. <laughs> she called you <laughs> oh, right gosh. now. Oh, jeez. Uh, 
Yeah, but in that this goes on the internet. Forever, in, I know Michael. that's why that's why I'm laughing. Um, in that instance, though, like I'm not in it for me or even like my girlfriend or Catherine. The person that I'm going after is like the person three or four rows away in the open office. That's just like, what is happening over there? Why is why is that man irate about a garment bag? It's nine thirty in the morning. Like what? And I and I've won if that person at some point that day that week in the future it's just like yeah you know open offices sometimes wacky stuff happens this one guy was just drawing about a garment bag for 20 minutes and i didn't ask for that you know i was, I was doing my own thing so that's that's what i'm after um do you find yourself uh you know like i feel like you you've uh i feel like you kind of get lucky with being in the situation like to to eat 200 oysters or 100 oysters which just evolves into these other things but do you seek out like are you wanting to find other kind of ridiculous competitions maybe like would you go to a place where they have like an 80 ounce steak and you're like i'm gonna finish this just to i don't know get the whole restaurant in on it or something it's not even necessarily eating competitions are good because they're approachable but it's less about the eating competition the eating competition is more a vehicle for what i actually want to happen which i want to derail something sure i guess i guess more my point is like it's it's easy to like at this point, the person that that uh, got you the the oysters, they've done this more than once with you, and there's plans to do another one with shrimp, right? But outside of that experience, how much do you like actively go to like find these ways to like essentially screw with people, or are oh, you just I mean, an opportunist? I would say it's a little bit of both, right? So. People are willing players, even if they don't know a game is being played, and, and that sounds mean, right? Like you're not no. mani- you're not manipulating people. You're putting something out there for them to interact with. So sure. in the oyster story, for example, we were having a little party at work that we have every week, and people are you know making small talk about business or oh you know the numbers are down or what. Yeah. What are you gonna do this weekend? Yada, yada, and, and, yada, and that's yada. pretty predictable. And if if I if it's predictable, then it's boring. So you say something and it's dumb, but then you see what what happens and how far you can go. You know, I started that conversation by saying, hey how many oysters do you guys think you could eat and they're like oh i don't know how many how many think you could do? it's like i think i could do 100 and then you in that moment that's it's, the bait moment. Yeah. yeah that's the bait moment and someone could say just as easily oh well that's stupid like anybody have any plans this weekend and then we're done yeah but we weren't done because someone was like i don't think you can do that and i was like oh well we'll just have to see well, they were and just as bored with the conversation why did, as you but were. why did you it's start at 100 why wouldn't you be like i can eat 50 because it has to be on the on the edge of what and it's I it's feel like really, 50 oysters is on the edge of what most nah, people would it, consider it's, sane. It's not it's not even what you think is attainable. It has it's not even it doesn't have to be attainable because if it's attainable no one will take the bait. It has to be on the edge of what people think is attainable. Mm-hmm. So 100 yeah, otherwise we, there's no debate. Right. 100 we all know now. Easy. Yeah, so but now that's it's a nice 300. big number. Yeah. Right, but we can't do that one again. That's sh- that ship sure. has sailed. That show's over. Mm-hmm. So now it's shrimp. Right. And this is not something that's unique to me by the way because I feel like I've I've just been dominating <clears throat> the conversation. <laughs> Elon's actually a master at this as well. Mm. Um and in some ways he's he's I'm not subtle. I'm kind of beating people over the head. Like if you know me at all, like if this is our third conversation, you're like, "Oh, that's what this guy's this about." This is our third I'm not going to fall for your for your nonsense. Yeah. Um Elon, like I like to think I know him very well to this day can still fool me. Well, um, have you ever read The Secret? You know, I believe in manifesting good things in my life. Just, so while just you're put it out there, well, just that's the thing is, it's there. more that I I make space in my life for uh, for derailing. I make space in my life to uh, you know add a little chaos into people's days. And sure enough, 
it just comes to me, you know? I, do, you, I, do you add, do you purposely add chaos to your life? I would say, I, would, I mean, be, I was kind of kidding chaos. about the secret, of course, but like sure. the, the truth, there's some truth to that. Like I, I, I open myself to the possibility. So it's not so much that I'm regularly, uh, you know, inventing the situation. It's more that I think that I put out the vibe that, so I'll, I'll say this, like people will often come to me with their own desire for chaos because they know that I'm a willing participant and that I'll, I'll help stir the pot, you know, sure. like I'll latch on and, and just like add my own shit in there. So oftentimes people, I don't have to invent the situation because I've already made it clear. Like I'll be your huckleberry, right? Like <laughs> you, if you want to get a little, a little yeah. silly, like I'm, I'm here, I'll fucking come on a Sunday evening and record a podcast with two other grown men for no other reason <laughs> than it, it would be enjoyable. Fair enough. Well, it's also a lot of it is um, <clears throat> this is a concept that's from improv. I used to do improv. I don't anymore. Yes. And um, yes. Yes. And where I'm more interested, like if someone just really believes something, I don't have to agree. I don't have to disagree. And in a way, I respect the passion, even if what they believe in is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if they're like, I think the moon is made out of cheese and there's a race of extraterrestrial mice that inhabit the moon. Um, and I really believe that it's a deep part of my psyche. Like it's boring to say, oh, well, that's insane. You have no proof. There are no right. extraterrestrial mice. What's way more interesting is, okay, <laughs> tell me more about that. How did you find out? Fair What's enough. going on with those? Mm-hmm. Like, should I be concerned? How's this affecting your life? And what should I take away from this conversation with you about these mice? And See, that's how you get to the good stuff. And I think something that I have guilt about, some people could say, oh, you're you know stringing someone along, you're playing games. But what I console myself with is, no, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not trying to mock. I'm not trying to make fun. I just want to know. And I just want you to tell me more. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe on some levels I, I try and get into that, uh, except I'm more the, uh, like, I'm just going to disagree with you just so that way I can see where this kind of goes, even if it's something kind of even backwards. Like if I, it's easy for me to disagree with you if I don't believe in what you have, but if you or what you're talking about, but if you do believe something, that I also believe in. It's fun to like pretend that I don't just sure. to see play the devil's advocate. Yeah, exactly. And and not even not even necessarily maliciously all the time, but kind of to your point. Like I I'd rather see someone defend something passionately, even if they're wrong, uh, than someone be like, nah, well that's just what I think. You know, like it's just less fun. Right. Well, I think also that that brings up a cool point about kind of what role does intuition have to play in this? Like when you talk with people, sometimes you can pick up on I'm used to people disagreeing with me. And in fact, Mm -hmm. I want them to or I'm Mm -hmm. used to people not believing me in the case of the mice moon men. Like that person is probably used to people shutting them down. So maybe you give them like they want someone to be like, yes, like I buy it. Tell me more. And then every so every so often you'll meet people like to your point where they're like, I'm going to make a bold assertion because like this is what I do and I want you to disagree with me because I'm looking to have that disagreement. Sure. Um, a conversation that comes to mind, I don't think you'll mind me sharing it, Elon, is we were at um, a bar. This has been a couple months ago where there's a fellow who's at the bar. It's the bar next to work. So you kind of get to know the people. Um, and he's really, really into history. So he starts mm. talking with Elon about history and about his belief that history. I feel like you've told me this story before. Maybe. He believes, I think you've told me this story on this podcast before. No, he believes that history is cyclical. Yeah. That like, you know, we're doomed to repeat the failures of the past. And he's saying, I, I'm really into the Roman Republic. And if you look at the Roman Republic, they reached this era of decadence. And then they had a figure that's very much like Donald Trump take over the empire. And like, that's what's happening here. 
and it's not and correct me if i'm wrong elon it's not that elon actually is invested in the cyclical the cyclical nature of history he's more interested in the fact that this guy really believes this oh, yeah. and he will oh, keep yeah. <laughs> if elon accepts this then the guy will just pat himself on the back and say oh very good you know of course my theory is correct um we can't really talk anymore because you yeah. know that i'm right he wants elon to say yeah you know i don't buy it i don't buy it mm-hmm. and we did that and that guy talked to you for oh yeah a long and, uh, time and you know what's fun for me is like it's it's sort of like uh you ever play with so at home we have a we have a dog who's about a year and a half and she's very rambunctious and she will just play and play and play and play and i can i know how i can just use the smallest amount of energy to get her to do all the running around sure. and there's this sort of beauty where like when your patience finally pays off and you can just see that they're getting tired yeah. and they're feeling worn down. And that's when you can like talk to them about like, okay, but what do you, what do you really feel about this? And like, it's like the immediate reactions. It's like the arguments they've already had with so many people have already been exhausted. And that's like, yeah, but do you really believe this? And if it's, <laughs> if it goes all the way down, like, great. Cool. Sure. I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk about this, but there's something fun for me about like, I'll just, I've got a lot of stamina and patience. Like all I have to do is needle a little bit and they'll run the circles around and around and around. Fair enough. Yeah. And it's also like, <clears throat> sometimes there's a conversation happening beneath the conversation and yeah. that speaks to the role that intuition plays where if you tell a really funny anecdote or joke in the workplace, I think only half of what you're after is for people to think that particular joke or anecdote's funny. What you're really after is you want people to think you're the kind of guy that says funny stuff. Mm. You don't want them to think your joke is funny. You want them yeah. to think you're funny. Sure. So sometimes when someone says something, it's like, oh, you don't actually care about like the Austrian school of economics. You want me to know that you're a guy who knows about economics <laughs> and that like, you're very smart. Mm-hmm. And so if I give Not you the type of guy who eats a hundred oysters, you know, yeah. <laughs> if I, if I give you that, you're the kind of guy that does, uh, if I give you what you're after, eating contest. maybe something really interesting will happen. So in a way it's like, I'm, I'm going to affirm you because I want to know you a little bit better. And, and I just want something interesting to happen. Like, mm-hmm. let's see where it goes. I just want to pat myself on the back for taking off my jacket. So well, just there, I don't know if you guys even saw. I was trying not getting to out of the make chair. eye contact because the slowness that you're because doing you was very sexy. Yeah. No, I did not. I, didn't I need did them. have voices. I'm already a pretty sexually charged person, and uh, I couldn't watch you take off that oh. jacket as slowly as you did. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> right on. One um, shoulder at a time. Well, uh, Michael, you brought up something uh, while we were at um, dinner that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, you talked about kind of like the difference between kind of older people and younger people <laughs> uh, and and kind of like how we somehow got into this. I, I don't know, like old people just have these weird habits um, that, you know, just do strange things. I brought up one example, which is like I've only ever seen old people put ice in milk or something like that. You had you had some other ones. Um yeah, yeah yeah the the example that i had made was my great-grandfather so my grandfather's dad used to eat this cereal called brand buds and instead of milk he would put black coffee in the brand buds and eat a bowl of uh bran and uh black coffee and now like it's not that you couldn't do it it's just that i don't know that that thought would occur to you because you've seen on television and the internet um, so many bowls of cereal with milk, you would just never think to try something else. And I firmly sure. believe that he genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I just think that we're ironing out a little bit of that eccentricity because you you know what your baseline is and most people don't deviate from that. 
I don't know, though. I mean, the you know, <laughs> just to, to play counter-argument, be the devil's advocate, like, there's a part of me that agrees with that, but then there's a part of me where it's like, because of, you know, the, the free flow of information that, that kind of the internet age brings and, you know, just something as simple as Reddit, right? Like, the some of the things, like, uh, are you guys you're both redditors of some stripe but just for our, our listeners benefit actually i'm terrible at reddit really? at reddit that shocks uh, me and you're such a fucking nerd i thought you would have been into so reddit. so sorry to derail what we were talking about we'll come we'll definitely come okay. back I mean, you, Do you, have, you have little it. paints over there you're painting miniatures you're it's not true on reddit? What the no f- this is, i'm i'm really right. bad at it but recently i was famous on reddit i was on the oh. front page of austin reddit um which was which was very interesting i went i've had a reddit account for like I don't know, six years or something, I'll maybe, maybe longer. Uh, yeah, but it had like five total karma, you know, like five total internet points gotcha. because I don't know how to use Reddit. And then I posted one thing on Reddit and now I have like 2000 karma. It's just they like one, I, they, I get, people bought me, I don't even know what gold is or oh, why man. you have it, but I got gold and silver and that's a big deal. It was, it was pretty intense. It's like my first ever post on Reddit and I still don't know how to use Reddit at all. So, well, that's your, your Reddit gold would beg to differ. What happened? Sounds I like mean, you're a master. I have a, it's a really good Christmas sweater is what it is. <laughs> I just wore a Chili's branded Christmas sweater, mm. which we should talk about Chili's too. I think we talked you take about a picture that. Picture yourself in front of the one on Forty Fifth. I mean, that is the red w- chili. So I was at that Chili's oh, wearing that's, that, that's eating eating uh, chips and queso and having a frosty oh, marg. Yeah, I mean, like I very much played to the only joke I know on Austin Reddit, right. and it worked. Oh yeah. So well, so anyway, so where continue. I was going with Reddit is. Uh, I, I, my memory is not the best, but I believe it's it's just called Ask Reddit, like r slash ask or whatever the fuck the sub is. Anyway, the point is it's, you know, someone can just post a question like, tell me about the weirdest thing you've ever heard while having sex. It doesn't matter. The question can be as broad oh, yeah, or yeah. specific I've, or whatever. I've gotten right? a few uh, notifications. Yeah, recently. yeah. So I, I feel like that subreddit alone, let alone the thousands of other examples of this, is like the counter to what you're saying michael where it's like i've learned about things on there where it's like i actually okay so i pee a a slightly different way at a urinal because of something i read on ask reddit like i I may not tell me pouring am i doing this wrong look i won't go as far as to say you're doing it wrong but here's here's what i'll say is that uh this happened a few years ago i basically like i'll pee at a urinal and like I kind of, I kind of like milk the last few drops out of my penis. Like I kind of like, you know, sure. like a tube of toothpaste, right? Yeah. To get it, and then I shake, right? Yeah. But even then, I will often have like a few drops of piss down down my leg or in is my planter pants. Is this the trick where you, you push the button? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So basically, <laughs> this is gonna be. I'm gonna describe this graphically just so that you can picture it. So yeah, Why I'm not? a right hander. Hold my cock with my right hand. With my left hand, when I'm done. What I do is uh, through my open fly, I reach in and basically use like my middle finger, reach kind of around the sack and then gently but firmly press in on on essentially where the urethra is going back up through like the prostate and up towards the bladder and all that all that yeah. jazz. Basically, I push on the taint. They called it <laughs> in Reddit, they called it pushing the button. But basically, I kind of pull that forward and then do my shake. And now no pee pee in, in my panties. Wow. Dry, dry as a bone. You know, so so to just to counter your your argument, like I never would have thought of that. That's a lot of people would say that's very weird. In fact, I'm sure there's some men who wouldn't even try it. 
but that's pouring coffee on my uh my yeah, but brand i think that's backwards of what what is happening is because like essentially his grandfather pouring black coffee into his cereal is the guy that doesn't know how to push the button because <laughs> <laughs> because no one's told him the proper way to eat cereal great grandpa's a big dumb dumb pouring yeah. coffee on his cereal and then all of a sudden the internet the you know the world is like mm. hey actually this is how you should do it and then now everyone does it that way because it's maybe more proper or it's more correct yeah, and he's just me. hasn't learned that's a fair point that's a fair point yeah. this is assuming that pouring coffee on your brand plates isn't a, an amazing idea i mean, I mean you're certainly yeah. going to be regular like <laughs> yeah firm regular stools uh but so that 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 went down an interesting rabbit hole um to to, <laughs> to draw it all back um this is i was trying to think of more examples and this is the most morbid one that i can think of uh so it's a poor one but whatever um i think with the internet and with television you know everyone having access to pretty much the sum total of the human experience you realize to your point about pushing the button like oh maybe there's a correct way to do this i don't know um, necessarily a correct way but m- maybe just like you know like an interesting maybe, technique or maybe just like a better way or something that you wouldn't have thought of you know like maybe it was like oh i know i'm supposed to put liquid on my cereal i have coffee every morning and i have cereal and i just like put those two things together uh, but i didn't even think that like milk was even an alternative or anything was an alternative you talked about putting juicy juice on your freaking cinnamon Delish. cinnamon what was it uh, cinnamon, cinnamon life. life cinnamon life yeah never had oh i've never had cinnamon life too busy eating your project 19 or product 19 yeah. is the best cereal that has ever existed yeah i guess if i had to distill the point that i was getting after um it might be this the best or put another way the most efficient way to do something is not always the most interesting and here's my morbid example. I actually thought of a, a better way to phrase it. So I was dog sitting for a friend a few weeks sure. ago and my friend has an elderly dog um, that has pretty bad uh, hip dysplasia and he's deaf. Um, he's, he's not in a great way health wise. Sure. So I was worried, you know, if while I'm dog sitting and this was for a while, this was for, you know, 12, 13, close to two weeks, 12, 13 days. If this dog passes away, what, what should I do with it? You know, sure. I've never had a large animal. I've had small cats, but burying this dog or you know removing this dog would be quite an ordeal so i was asking around because i don't know do you call the city what do you do and i was talking with a friend and she was saying oh this actually happened to a friend of a friend and what they ended up doing was the dog passed away while they were dog sitting and they dug a ditch in their backyard and they burnt it <laughs> i thought you were gonna say buried it no they, they just they dug a ditch and yeah put the body in and lit it on fire and that was how they got <laughs> rid of the they remains just use the fire pit? what no. i love about this story by the way I've, I've also i know this person as well the the detail that drives me nuts about this is that wait you both the, know this person yeah, do yeah, i know yeah. this person you you do yeah. it's it's okay. inconsequential all right it's the, no the story i just, just want to like at some point you know follow up suffice to say the part of this that i find the most flummoxing is that the, the owners were coming back the next fucking day like the dog wasn't gonna like immediately become a horror show it's not like oh they're in the cayman isles for three weeks like they're gonna come back and it's gonna be a but rotting do do with a, pile a of dead goo. dog like my point Put it in is the freezer my point is is that wouldn't you as a rational person be like you know what 
it's not my dog. This is already traumatic enough. I'll let the the people who are attached to this dog, the owners or whatever, like come back and make this decision. The dog will keep for a day. I'll go to the fucking 7-Eleven, get some bags of ice, cover the thing with a tarp and throw the ice on. Like there there were just other ways. I just feel like most people nuclear, I'll fucking burn it. Like well, I just feel like probably most people aren't that handy. Like in that moment, even like if you did nothing, look, it would stay for a day. Sure, but I I don't think you know. I don't think most people, again, maybe this goes back to just being completely uninformed. Like I said, put it in the freezer, sure. but it's only because I read that somewhere. Like if your cat dies, you should put it in the freezer yeah, until not? animal control or whoever can come pick it up. My or wife something. Uh, used to keep rats as pets. And uh, for many, many times in my life of, of dating and now being married to her, I have opened the fridge or the freezer <laughs> rather and found a shoe box. I don't know what I was yeah, looking I don't know what for. I was looking for. <laughs> Like found a shoebox with a dead rat in there, and I'll I'll peek. You know, I I know what I'm looking for. It's sure. kind of fun to see like a little like yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like probably most people don't necessarily have that experience. So they're sure. they're again working uninformed, pouring okay, but, fucking but you know coffee into their cereal, going like the only option we have is burn it. But that and now, like, and now you have the story. Enough. And how interesting is it? Yeah, and that's oh, all I'm great. getting at is <laughs> great. In a perfect world, yes, you say hey. Let's just, you know, let's hold the dog. The owners are coming back. Let's get some ice. Let's do something rational that makes sense. Sure. And that's well and good. Um, but it's a much more interesting story to say, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking a little bit. I'm going to dig a ditch and I'm going to burn this dog. <laughs> and like in a perfect, in my perfect world, the neighbors look over the fence and they say, what are you doing? You're like, I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this dog. Yeah. Bark, BQ. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's nah, just that's right. bad. Don't. Also, <laughs> I want to clarify. Had that happened to me, I would that way would not have burnt uh, my friend's dog. Yeah, what would you have done? Yeah, um, I would have called them. I would have gotten a hold of them let's somehow. Say, let's say there was no way to get a hold of them. You are on your own, and they're not coming back for four days. So here's here's my Pop problem. Quiz, asshole. <laughs> I'd call. I'd call the city. I'd imagine. Hmm. How boring. Yeah, I probably yeah. would have Googled something. But here's. I would hope you'd call me. <laughs> I know. I, I think you know. There are a list of people I might call you on. I don't know that I would call you. I don't know that you're the man for the job. You're you're the man for a job. I don't know if you're the man for the job that I want done in this situation, which is a peaceful. I, I will be happy to burn that bridge for you. Which is a peaceful, nice, ethical uh, disposal of of a beloved family mm, pet. Mm. I don't know if it were me like the first thing I would have thought of is put it in the freezer but as as soon as I realized that it wouldn't fit in the freezer I would Uh have I would have no idea what to do from that point and I realized that like yeah I could have just gotten ice got a big cooler also it'll fit in the freezer just not in all one piece. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have even put all of those things together. <laughs> Come on, a little, so, a like, lateral my only, thinking, please. I might have, I might have burnt the dog. That's why I don't call you on. <laughs> I, I might have, have burnt the dog because it didn't fit in the freezer, or Fair I would have just ruined all your frozen goods. Mm, mm. Also, an option. <laughs> I would have been like, your ice cream doesn't matter. Uh-uh. I gotta, I gotta put this dog on ice. <laughs> there, there is a funny situation where, in a perfect world, if you're going to do the ice deal. That Elon mentioned, you know, you you sure. go you go get ice, and getting ice is a trivial thing. You go to the gas station, but there is a funny scenario where you're you're, you're panicking so much you don't realize you can go get ice, and and you're like, you know, how long do I think these bagel bites will stay cold <laughs> on top of this dog? <laughs> like I'm running out of pizza rolls, and I'm in trouble. You just use the pizza rolls instead of ice, is right? What you're saying? Yeah, 
you're yeah, just like fuck a it. bag of frozen the, peas yeah they come in like 50 so you're just like mm-hmm. dump out the i actually like that idea <laughs> if if ever a dog dies in my care i mean pizza rolls will save i've the heard day. of putting lime on a body but not necessarily limes on a body this is this has gone way too um, far. <laughs> I'm still fascinated by the fact that you grew up eating what is ostensibly a government experiment, um, Kellogg's Project Product, Fr- 19. Product Nineteen. Oh man, no! It's the greatest. Uh, it's the greatest cereal that ever existed. Um, it got it got discontinued two years ago, which I is can't imagine or why. three years ago. I guess now it's 2019. Has it been that long? It's it's been a long three years, guys. Um, yeah, so I don't really know, I guess it was probably my mom bought it because it was supposed to be like a really healthy cereal, you know, uh, uh, competing with, uh, like total got a lot of Uh, zinc in it. Yeah, it did actually. (laughs) It had, uh, it had quite a bit of zinc, but the idea of it was at the, at the time, I think they had a lot of these, you know, like you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. There were a lot of like companies making cereals. There was like grape nuts and mm. all of these things that were just like i like grape nuts by the way yeah they're pretty good uh product 19 was better uh, but uh we'll never know i mean i will you guys won't sorry for living in a world where they never existed for you um but anyway the, the idea was that you would eat cereals or whatever existed and uh you would just get like all of your nutrients, like all of your zincs and your vitamin C and vitamin A, all that stuff. Um, you know, you'd have your Flintstone vitamin, you'd eat your bowl of, of product 19, a glass of soda. Uh, you'd have a slim fast for lunch and then, you know, a sensible dinner, I think is how they ended that. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you could live a healthy life. Um, so I think my mom probably got sucked into that marketing, which is that, you know, it's like a, balanced you know nutritious thing uh and we didn't have a lot of like sugary cereals which again i I never had the maybe it's not that sugary but cinnamon life is is probably sugar sugarier than product 19 yeah it's not over over so the the key to product 19 was and the reason why it was better than like cornflakes or uh total or special k all of which i had had at the time um i think my mom was also going through like figuring out which one was the best balanced meal uh, was that product 19 had like this like super uh, delicate sweetness to it that didn't exist on every single flake so you could eat it and I would this is even more um, this probably makes me sound like a psychopath but no, I would no, just no. eat but it take dry. us there take us back so I would eat it dry mm. like fuck your coffee yeah fuck your milk just fuck ate it right out juice. of the <laughs> fuck the juicy juice just right out of the box, you know, handfuls mm-hmm. of it, like eating popcorn. Um, and so most of it was just like bran, you know, like corn flakes, you know. Uh, but then every once in a while, you'd get this one that had just like this hint of sweetness. And it was like, oh, it was like <laughs> heaven in that one flake. So you would just keep eating it. You know, in retrospect, it was a lot of carbs. And and luckily, I was young and had a metabolism. Uh, but you know if it were today i'd i'd probably go through i don't know i don't do you measure cereal in gallons or pounds pounds of it mm. both Gall- spoonfuls yeah i wouldn't even use a spoon <laughs> you know get a fistful you of could it use a tiny fork mm. you could use a tiny fork Savor. it wouldn't hold on to those flakes very well you can't stab them because they just break 
But yeah, loved Special K or not Special K, Product 19. Uh, I don't know why it was named Product 19. I assume there were other products <laughs> prior maybe, to perhaps 18 other products perhaps um that maybe just didn't make it through fda you know, approval what, or something what you don't know is that every other kellogg cereal was named product some number at some point and now at this point like you can go and get product 35 you just don't know that's what it's really called oh and they just now it's called frosted yeah, flakes fucking, or they something. slapped some stupid bullshit marketing name on it for fucking kids or whatever but. i mean if they would just bring back product number 19 kellogg's if you're listening, which I, I'm very aware that you're not. They are. Um, if you're listening, either through this microphone or probably more likely through my phone, which is sitting on the table in front of me, uh, please bring back product 19. Uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, maybe get another beer, and uh, we'll be right back. recording right now yeah we, we better be we are yeah spin money yeah so this is a fun silly tangent oh also welcome back to the podcast uh welcome back with uh michael elon and spin money spin money uh so when i was in college um i went to school for music and uh, my roommate at the time was a uh film student so he was doing film why the fuck was he at a school for music then uh, it was an art school. It did both. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, we, I would get really drunk and write, uh, hip hop beats on GarageBand, and then he would rap over top of them and he would always introduce me as spin money. And so there are several, um, there are several versions of these hip hop songs that exist on the internet. Um, pretty good production for being I, I really it. drunk. You're a talented um, guy. Uh, I mean, now was it ever DJ spin money? Because I feel compelled to put the DJ before it. So it was never that in the songs, but there was a time when I DJed for extra money mm. when I lived in Florida. Um, I, 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 well, you say it like you know, it's tough times. Yeah. You know, some people will donate their plasma. I was donating sick beats. He was um, young and he I needed mean, the money. Well, you know? the thing is, like, I, and I, I say this with zero remorse. I have very little respect for DJs in the music world. Most of them are just people that press play. They work that play button to the bone, yeah. though. What? There, there are very few DJs in the world that are like that I would even consider musicians. Most of them are Some of them most have of the them. hardest working iPad and sh show business. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Maybe they're terrible. But, uh, so I DJed at like, you know, bars, you know, you just play songs and you match tempos. So that way people can continue dancing. It's mostly just background noise while people get really shitty mm. and drunk. Uh, so I would do it for extra money. You make, you know, $150, $200 a night. Uh, I usually have a free drink tab or something like that um, just to play music from your laptop. Uh, and a lot of times, and here's here's the real fun part, is you could pre-program most of it. Sure. So I could just hit play once and then sit back there and look like I was doing right. stuff now, and just drink for free. That That begs an interesting question, right? Sure. So the people who are paying you, let's just call it $200, right? Yeah. 
The people are paying you $200 and plying you with drinks. Like, clearly they have something better they could be doing with those resources. So are they paying you that money because they're stupid and they don't <laughs> understand that they could just find a fucking playlist or whatever and just put it on? Or are what they paying for is the illusion that they've hired a DJ to create an atmosphere specifically for their patrons? So I think it's, this, is, this is actually a really interesting point because I think it's, it's kind of twofold. Um, the music industry in general, and actually a lot of art industries are a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some people that are really great at what they do and deserve, you know, all of the fame and fortune that comes from being amazing. Uh, but then there are people like DJ spin money. Yeah. People like me who just own a few microphones and talk into them every once in a while. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't cheapen this experience. Let's stay on your, your brief career fair as enough, a fair poor DJ. Uh, but um but you can sell you can sell art for for a lot to people that maybe don't understand. <laughs> Sorry, poor DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a DJ, and then um, um, in some of my free time, I'm also a prostitute. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, so no, when you were working hard right. for that money. Well, no. What, what I was saying is, there's there are um, there are both the um, uh, you know like people that that actually do their work, but there's a lot of things in in any art industry where you essentially can rip people off because they don't know what they're buying mm -hmm. right um i've i've seen this a lot in uh you know having worked in photography working in the music industry uh you know if if people don't know what they're, i mean you see in car salesmen you know if someone walks in they don't know what they're buying it's really easy to tell them what they need to buy and then they'll pay money for that and they'll believe sure. that they need to pay lots of money for that so uh, there's part of that. Um, there are bars that exist in the world that pay people money to DJ for them because they don't realize that they could just get a stereo right? Uh, and it would provide the same service. And the people that they hire kind of reflect that same quality, yeah. even though uh, they're paying them probably a significant amount of money, a few hundred dollars a night. To come out and do that and you see that here in austin it happened all the time in florida um i to be fair i was definitely one of those djs like i was just making hundreds of dollars to be a stereo get that money. um yeah what well, yeah, that's okay. that's just interesting because to elon's point like if if the establishment owners are shrewd and it sounds like you're shrewd like no one's a fool in this situation mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you're both agreeing to sort of at worst lie at best create an illusion together yeah, that right. neither of you can acknowledge because you can't go up and be like you guys know i'm just pressing play and <laughs> they can't say to you hey we know you're just pressing play yeah because you'll hurt one another's egos even though you both know what's happening mm -hmm. so you're kind of agreeing to yeah. lie to one another while both knowing that you're lying and the only people who are none the wiser are the folks getting drinks being like oh you know dj spend money's in the house this is great i love this song <laughs> by the Look way at how big his headphones that. are uh, he must be good <laughs> but to your second point uh you know there is some amount of illusion to the audience, which is that we're going to a place to dance because there's a person playing music there. Right. And it's better than just music coming over a stereo. So even though, you know, like when I would hit play, I'd pre-program a whole night's worth of music and I would hit play 
I still stood back there all night and mm-hmm. like did the headphone thing and like yeah. looked Pretended like I like was you were doing stuff, on a some knobs around and stuff like that. Like uh, to what you were saying before, it was it was a performance essentially. I'm yeah. I'm mm-hmm. totally just trying to fool people into thinking that something is happening. You were but, fulfilling um, the audience's expectations yeah. by playing the role of what they believe a DJ is. Exactly, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, it worked. Yeah, you fair. are it's, you are the tastemaker. You are relieving everyone involved, including the bar owners, of responsibility. Right? Like, yeah. because let's face it, music is one of those things that can actually make or break uh, a, a room, a space, a party, whatever, whatever gathering. Right? It really, yeah. it really is important. And there, there was some choice into like what music I was going to play sure, sure. and making sure I was playing stuff that people were going to like and and in an order that like tried to follow some progression of you know like telling a story it starts slower you get like there's a climax somewhere around right before last call and then it dies right. down to kind of get people to leave kind that's, of thing uh, that's really interesting and we don't have to linger here if we don't want to oh, but I, okay. I think it's relevant i've never um, talked about this <laughs> i've made uh oh, no no no, no. I, I made elon i know he watched a bit of it i made him rewatch a bit of the netflix fire festival documentary oh yeah um i don't know if you've got a chance to check it out Spen. i haven't seen it but it, i've heard about kind of the whole situation and it's very much the same thing it's like right what what rung true to me or what reminded me of it rather was similarly to you know the people come in they see you with your big old headphones and maybe you're frantically turning dials that do nothing and they're like oh you know thank goodness this guy's here this is what i yeah. thought it would be uh at fire festival oh, good he's they, playing good music they got stuff, yeah. as a huge part of their promotion their media package they got all of these you know um young beautiful models to go out there and do publicity and take photos and then they also gave all of them free tickets to come to the festival and it's just so that when the regular joe schmo with too much disposable income shows up to fire festival his illusion isn't shattered because he's like oh of course you know the beautiful models are here because they want to be a part of this and i'm a part of it yeah because they're and all that they're there for is to just create the perception that this guy had yeah seen on tv and there's exactly there's a lot of that just in general i mean it's the same thing you know like every concert that you've ever been to you know probably about 50% or more of what's happening is just there to make you think it was worth it to be there. Mm. You know, like the artists themselves performing is usually a minor spectacle on the thing. There's big screens, there's like extra video happening. Sometimes Mm. there's pyrotechnics and that makes it like really exciting, you know? Right. Um, It's, um, it's like, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it's kind of like the Truman Show in a way, right? Where it's like, if let's say you go to a music festival and it's one of the big ones, like a Coachella or a Bonnaroo. Now, I don't think this is the case, but let's say it came out, 50% of the attendees at this event are, are staged. They're actors huh. that the people hired. And the other 50% of people, they go there and they see the other, the people that were hired and they're being paid to have a good time and like yeah. exist and they're you know, doing all the music festival tropes. Someone's wearing an inappropriate, you know, Native American headdress. Somebody's, you know, dancing really, really well, better than you ever could. And like, in a way, because those people are there and you see how much fun they're having, not knowing that they were paid, you must therefore assume that you had a good time. So uh, interesting you bring this up. I actually have some direct experience with this. So uh, in my younger days, I moved to LA to move out there with some friends who had dreams of doing you know movie business stuff i wasn't there for that i was just there to hang out with some friends and live in a new city and when i first got there i was like okay i I just need some money and so i looked on craigslist and there were these gigs 
for uh, like a casting place that was casting extras. And I was like, oh, this would be fucking cool. I'll go be an extra in a movie, you know, like, sure. that'll be neat. Like, and I went and so there's like a whole hierarchy to be like an extra in a movie. You got to like work your way up or whatever. Where you start is by being an extra on uh, basically like game shows, talk shows like the Jimmy. Fa- I've been I've been an extra on the Jimmy Fallon show like a few different times. And the way it works is they tell you like dress like you would dress to go to a Jimmy Fallon show. They're like dress kind of hip, like dress kind of nice, but not over nice. And they just kind of tell you to wear a certain type of clothes. And then you show up and you sit in a fucking excuse me a little hot like studio booth or whatever like they just kind of tuck you out of the way yeah and then they tell you all right you're gonna go stand in line with real patrons which they give the tickets away for free but it's like again about the people who actually give a fuck about jimmy fallon or yeah, waiting the fuck in line is. makes you feel like you're right. going somewhere so these yeah. dummies who really want to be there they're waiting in line with more than half at least half i would say 60 percent of people who are being paid you know minimum wage or whatever to stand in that line with them and if you break character if you let on that you're being paid there they will not only cut you out but they'll put your name on this like the blacklist you like so you're there and they tell you like the biggest thing is you cannot tell someone that you're being paid to be there and they sit you in the audience and usually they'll put the real fans in the front because they're going to be a little more involved and then they just sort of pepper you throughout the audience and it's like there are times when you're supposed to cheer and feel like excited and get other people excited. And your job is to do exactly what you're describing. And I've, I've done this and it's, I mean, it's kind of fun. It gets a little boring after a while, but it's like really interesting to just be there faking enthusiasm for the benefit of other people. And it's even more less for the people in the audience. They're just there along with you to fill it out, to make it for the, the illusion for the American public watching at home to feel like, holy shit, people really give a fuck about Jimmy Fallon. Like there were five people who gave a fuck about Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. That day. So that, that's a interesting, uh, kind of point, I guess. Um, one of my favorite comedians, actually maybe my favorite comedian, uh, is a, a woman named, uh, Maria Bamford. And uh, she did this special. It was like an HBO special. It was called the special, special, special. <laughs> uh, and the entire thing is filmed in her uh, living room. And she's only performing for her parents. Um, and there's there's like a guy that's playing like musical numbers on a keyboard. You know, like a shitty Casio keyboard. And she's got a microphone. Um, but that's it. It's like four people in the room. So... What I thought it was a hilarious, um, you know, thing, but I love, I love watching her. Uh, and there were some critiques for the special that people were like, it just wasn't funny, but it probably wasn't necessarily that it wasn't funny. It was just, you didn't have a crowd to sure. go with. No laugh uh, track. Exactly. And so, uh, her next special that came out after that, she did this really interesting thing where through the course of the special, she goes from essentially performing by herself in front of a mirror and she just goes through her whole routine going from that to, you know, doing it for her husband to maybe a couple of friends to like a small coffee shop to a bowling alley to, uh, you know, somewhere about three quarters of the way in, she's performing for like several hundred people on a big stage. And then it kind of like wraps up by going backwards through all of that thing. And it's a really interesting thing to like, like, watch other people like I've watched this with other people before uh and them not really be into it right off the bat and then I'm like no just like keep watching and as the crowd grows in the show 
like their enjoyment of it grows because now they're part of this group that enjoys it rather than enjoying it themselves which is see monkey laugh yeah which is which is bizarre well it uh, um, <clears throat> it reminds me of a bit from my favorite comedian that i think you guys both know uh mitch hedberg right. and uh on his first album um he has a, a track because it's divided up and it's called the cd jokes and i'm gonna do my bad mitch impression he's like you know these are the cd jokes they're, they're going on the cd so i'm gonna take your laughs and make it sound like like you fuckers laughed at some unfunny shit <laughs> and his point is he has <laughs> he has one good joke and then all the other ones, even if they bomb, he's like, that's fine. I'm just going to take the laugh right. track and splice it onto my bad jokes. And every one of them is going to be a hit. And uh, I think the term that I've been trying to think of over the entire course of this conversation is a uh, Potemkin village. which what? is a, It's a term. It's a village in the Soviet Union where whenever, if I'm remembering the story right, and I probably am not, whenever diplomats would that's come okay. to visit. No one else will know either. When, when they would come <laughs> and visit this village, they would take them to the supermarket and the supermarket would be full of produce and meat and everything. And they'd be like, look at how amazing, you know, our economy is. Look at how great our grocery stores are. It's so full of food. And it's like, there's only one grocery store in this entire town that has food. All the other ones are empty because we consolidated the 30 grocery stores into this one to trick you made it look, into believing yeah. that we have this much food. And it's a Potemkin village. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's the illusion of prosperity when there actually is none. Mm-hmm. Turns out people don't actually like Jimmy Fallon. They're just being paid. <laughs> they're just being also. Six, by the way, sixty percent of the time they're being paid. Just, just a fun fact for you. Um, this I just thought this was really neat. It's like when you get to see kind of behind the mirror and see how the stuff or the the curtain and see how the stuff is done. And um, you know, it's like a daily show. Uh, they film like five in a row. Like they just like bang him out and like Jimmy Fallon goes out and changes his suit or whatever. And like they mix around the audience members, like just so you don't like that one person in the red shirt doesn't stand out to yeah, you as being in the, same, in the spot. same spot. Yeah. Right. But yeah, they just kind of mix some stuff up and then they'll like, they'll film it all out of order. They'll do like all the musical acts at once. Cause they have one stage set up and they move all the cameras and shit. It was just really neat to see like, like, all this shit happening way the fuck out of order and then they just splice it all together and you're like oh, yeah because well, the thing that happens they work night. essentially like those actors work like day. an eight hour you know like yeah. maybe not even like a six hour day it's like six to eight hour day and then and then they go and then the editors have the rest of the week to yeah. like start pumping out shows essentially yeah it was it yeah. was neat that part i actually thought was cool that got old cool. fast but so back to my dj story <laughs> right <laughs> being a dj DJ's big horn no, wait, what was your know. dj name when you were a dj because you said that you it was didn't just go dj by. spin uh and it's Which actually one way, of the reasons dj name it's the worst dj name uh and i what? i still to this day hate it when like i get in an uber or something and someone's like oh so like spin like a dj and i'm like fuck you fuck you and let me listen to my but fucking they're not wrong yeah it's true it's like being dj dj it's like a <laughs> terrible you know like how more how much more obvious could you be so anyway but it was just dj spin uh and um the majority of what i got paid for and this is like an interesting responsibility that i don't think i really even knew beforehand until like the day the owner of this bar would you know came up to me and was like hey we're gonna call last call uh at like 10 minutes till and you need to turn on the lights cut the music 
and make sure everyone leaves. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. So like the first few times, you know, you cut the light. Pump you cut some the, nickel back. Yeah. And get well, it going. you cut the music, you turn on the lights and no one fucking goes because everyone's drunk. They want to keep drinking. They're being really They're loud. Desperately they weren't listening to, to the music anyway. <laughs> uh, so what I started, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, what I started doing is I would just get on a microphone and as in my most monotone voice I could muster, I would just start listing the names of cheeses <laughs> until people got so creeped out that they would just leave <laughs> on their own. So it's that, clear that the mood has been killed by yeah. DJ spin. The, the problem was it worked for, it worked for a, a pretty long time. Uh, but uh, then will, people will started a taste. Oh, uh, I just be like Munster. I can't even think of it anymore. That's, cheddar. That's it. There's so many cheeses. Yeah, no, it'd be but, like but what cheddar, if it backfires Gorgonzola, and one person's been waiting all night for someone to do this? <laughs> so the party's been amped up Avardi, for that guy. Asiago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So that's that's exactly what happened. It's like at, at first I would do that and I would just say all of these different cheeses. People get weirded out and they would leave. But then people started to catch on to the fact that that was like my closing your thing that, that would happen. And so they would start yelling cheeses at me and then they'd want to participate. So then it didn't work anymore. Um, shortly after that, I stopped working as a DJ, but uh, I didn't have any more good ideas. Uh, but mm. yeah, that's my life as a DJ. And uh, I'm really sad about that part of my life. Really? It sounds fun. <laughs> I actually, you are, you are seeding a deep desire in me. I, I, this is one of those things that I want, but I don't think I'll ever do because I, it's probably a terrible idea, but I think it'd be really cool to be the DJ at a strip club. Cause you get oh, to, yeah. you get to like do you all also the cool get tipped out at a strip club. That's, that's fine. The, you get a bunch come on, of money. this wouldn't be about the money. Come on. I'm yes, not an sure. animal. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm in it for the love of the game. Like Michael Brashear. You are currently unemployed, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm fun employed. Fair enough. Um, but it's like, I just think it'd be cool. Cause not only you get to be like the DJ, but you get to th throw in your own, all your little quips and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, get you get to, to say some like fun yeah. things. You yeah. get to like press the, this the was, air horn. Bow, 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 yeah, bow, yeah. Bow, you know, this like was whatever. what I was going to say was you have, you're holding these people hostage. Yeah, exactly. Especially and once they've committed to drinks or if they're talking with people like, yeah, they can leave, but they're going to have to try. It was yeah. fun and to it's like, so easy to just stay and you have to for candy lace. <laughs> she's coming on stage. She's hot and sticky. Meow. And then you just like pull oh, back well, no, and, and, and then like no one has later. time to react nope. to that. It's just like, then oh, there's some titties the in their face yeah, and they don't care anymore. Like whatever. No, you're totally right. I mean, uh, to your point, you, you have a captive audience and you can do stupid shit mm -hmm. and get away with it mm -hmm. as you know, for a long period of time before someone gets mad. And it's always the patron that'll get mad first and they'll come up to you and they'll be like, Hey, like, don't fucking, you know, like whatever, you know, you're making fun of my friend or something. That's and my be like, girl. Oh no, I was just, I wasn't talking about her. I was talking about some other drunk girl at the bar. Yeah, you sound you know? like you're speaking from experience. Were you I mean, also a DJ at a strip club? I, you know, it was Florida. I'm not judging. <laughs> I want to know. It was Florida. It was Orlando, Florida, and there were there are a lot of uh, strip clubs there. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> all right. I thought we were done talking about DJ Spin. <laughs> One not, quick: Is there? Do you have like? I don't want to put you on the spot because oh, maybe God. it was boring. But do you have? Do you have an anecdote? I mean, I do. I come on. I don't come on, think hit me. today's crush the day. my dream because I'm. I'm start. Here's the thing: 
you've sown a seed here and you're watering it. It's not a good idea for me to go and do this. No, so it is a good idea. You should is? totally do oh, it. Water, yeah. water no. the, well, then water the seed. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I don't know if this is the time or the place. All right. All right. I won't, I won't push you. I won't <laughs> well, push what you. I was going to say was, in my mind, the fun part is doing something annoying, but not annoying enough to force mm-hmm. them to leave, mm-hmm. but annoying enough for someone to confront you about it. Yeah. So like, let's say every 45 minutes you play in an aggressive you know, electronic set, you play the song Summer of 69. Yeah. But like you do that every 45 minutes where the first time like, oh, you know, not my not my jam, but whatever. But like if you're at the bar for an hour and a half, you've heard the song at least two times. I've definitely done that where I've played like the same song or probably the most ridiculous time I've did something like that was I like played the same song for like multiple girls in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait, so. okay, so you're you're they get to choose their own music. Yeah, but I I thought they choose. I didn't like them all the time. So you were you were trying to exert your power. <laughs> you get won't back down by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Deal with it. Which it's funny though because that's kind of like a political move that you can make there because they can't do anything about it. No, they have to go up on stage and whatever comes on. Yeah, but if you're if you're you know not playing the songs that they want to, I mean, don't. I guess what I'm getting at is don't the girls have more power ultimately than you in, in the sense that like in that moment, I get that they're kind of you're hostage, right? They like could they're probably like if if they like all if every single person there hated me, they could probably get me fired. Essentially, it just feels like there are people like myself who are dying to fulfill their their five minutes life goal of becoming a DJ at a strip club. Like there's always uh, going to be really DJ surprised spin. at how few applicants those really? places get. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh it was one of the easiest so, I'll, I'll put it this way it was one of the easiest jobs i ever got like th- literally didn't even have to like interview or anything mm. i was like hey do you guys need a dj okay, they were why like, is yeah, this though? thursday My, night is it I was like, is it terrible though? all right i know you said you don't want to talk about it but i have so many questions because <laughs> it sounds like all right i'm not i'm not like a dog i try not to be a, a misogynist but like it's to me it's like being a projectionist in a movie theater like i like watching movies i like to look at naked women sure i'm sure you know that environment i've been in some strip clubs and there it's a little gross but still like you're getting paid to just hit play on on a fucking thing you get free drinks and and ultimately when you look up from your soundboard there's some titties like this doesn't sound terrible is what i'm getting at like why would it be a job that's not more sought after um well i I think it's just probably people don't realize that it's like something that they could do you said it's Mm -hmm. something that you've wanted to do before five minutes and but you've never tried to you know and it's no i literally have never thought of it until we've had this conversation now it's it's occurring to me (laughs) but to your point it's never even occurred to me yeah now it's occurring to me that i could actually do this and and to be fair it wasn't my first dj job Mm. i didn't do the cheese thing at strip clubs (laughs) so uh i did that at just like regular bars but i had i had dj'd at at a couple other bars and um yeah i it weird circumstances ended up that like it came up that i was like well i should see if they need a dj and i just like asked and they were like yeah we need someone thursday and i was like cool i'll be here (laughs) and then all of a sudden i was there like thursday night dj Mm. essentially um but yeah wasn't it there was no like application process there was no and then you get tipped out in essentially cash every night. The girls, all the girls have to like pay you for all the songs that you played for them, <laughs> which is or didn't apparently. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, it wasn't common, but you just, you just, 
if they if they like pissed you off or they like stiffed you one night you know like they went home you're supposed to get tipped out and they didn't tip you out and then it's like the next night they're like these are my songs and then you play everything but those songs Mm. when they come on that's a you know that is a cruel setup you know it's like getting the the plebs to fight each other right like really though it should be the house paying you and it shouldn't have anything to do with well the house paid me too oh okay but not well the right. more you talk about this, the more unreasonably lucrative it sounds. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is really lucrative. I probably could have done that for the rest of my life, except eventually you get too old, right? And okay. at the end of the night, you get to go and fucking play on the stage and like dance on the pole and like just have a little fun. I never hours. did that. But I mean, you, I probably Idiot. could have. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> anyway. You'll, you'll take that regret to your grave. <laughs> it's not too late. You want to go uh, tag team a strip club? Show me the ropes. I told him about tag team. (laughs) (laughs) I told him about tag team. Uh, Listeners, if you've ever wondered, uh, is this podcast for you or for us? Uh, It's for us. Make no mistake. We're we're doing this to enjoy. And and to be fair, it's mostly for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's it's for you guys as well. All right. But it's mostly for me. Like, I didn't spend all of Sunday morning setting this up to make sure that it was ready for when you guys got here for you. <laughs> you know, you're not that big of a star, Elon. I'm, uh, I'm okay with this. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to do this for you. It's great. I, I love this. This is my favorite thing in the world, I mm. think. Second favorite thing in the world. Well, you got quite next the setup to, here. Next to DJing for strippers. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when... Uh, you know, speaking of, of just jerking each other off and not giving a fuck about the audience, uh, do you remember yeah. when we went to when when I was not fun employed and we used to work together? Yeah, remember when we went to the Yellow Rose for I do uh, that's remember a strip that. club, by the way. We so, went to the Yellow Rose for lunch and it was fucking awful. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know why. Uh, it just came into my head, um, and I was like, "That was a weird." That was the worst strip club experience I've had. It was in my a life. terrible strip club experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. It was apparently there was some the food weird was thing. All right. The food was barely all right, which usually I'm used to like. It's you, usually super good food for is super amazing. cheap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Come for the steak. Stay for the steak. Yeah. And definitely. it's like they're they're not. I don't know. It was like not that topless was one before weird 2 p.m. or something like what's yeah. the what was the point of going there for lunch is what I'm getting at. Why? Why do they even open? And yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like it's just that there was none of the pieces were there. Like it's not just about tits. I don't want to. I don't want to be like that. But I'm sure. saying like bad food, no tits, like bad service, like wasn't even super cheap. It was just like yeah, the worst we, strip we club spent lunch. a lot of money. Yeah, we spent way longer than our hour break because and, it took for fucking ever, and we were the only people there. Yeah, and, and my wife forever. even came to meet us, and she was disappointed. And that was her first strip club lunch, and I oh. felt like I had let her down. Like yeah. now she has this idea that it's well. A terrible I think I idea. talked it up too because I've had several strip club lunches in my life where mm-hmm. you just uh oh, yeah you know you go in for the five dollar quarter pound cheeseburger yeah, or the five dollar steak. steak yeah oh exactly yeah i'll have it medium rare with a side of broccoli and mashed potatoes <laughs> for five dollars and it's like it's good. great yeah yeah for especially for five dollars i mean it's sure. easily you left out of this conversation steak. have you ever had lunch at a strip club i've never even been to a strip club what <laughs> no never been holy All right. shit i've been okay. to the parking lot of a strip club as we the might have before to, we might have to fix this at some point in your near life no so i um we got I we have to we have to find a woman to rope in though I, go yeah, you go to a strip club true. with women like thankfully one of my best friends uh in in college was she's a lesbian and 
she enjoyed going to the strip club way more than me. And so I would go essentially with her. And going to a strip club with an attractive woman is a totally different ball game. It's like all of a sudden it shows that like you are not uh, a disgusting piece of trash. It shows that there's at least one double X chromosome out there who can stand you. Like you, yeah. you at least haven't fucked this up so badly that they don't want to go to the strip club with you. So you're not a pariah anymore. Yeah, I mean, I um, I've never really had the opportunity, and it's not that uh, everyone has the opportunity. Yeah, you have the opportunity literally right all now. the time. So yeah. I wouldn't know what a strip club is like because I've never been in one. But my idea of a strip club, it just feels kind of sad. Yeah. Is it not like? Oh, that? it's very, it's sad. very sad. Yeah, it's <laughs> it one, of one of the saddest, saddest places in the world. Yeah, it's... <laughs> you'd love it, and I, it, it, it might be funny, but I, I don't know oh, that yeah. I would get any. I don't know that if there's value to be had there for me that it would be in the way that the strip club wants me to find value there. The only value I would find would be in like, again, the spectacle of the oh, strip club. For sure. or like no, but that's, the that's kind of the point. Of you it. go for the spectacle. Yes. It, you go for the really cheap, pretty good food. But like not, um, spectacle is the wrong word because the strip club is certainly selling a spectacle, but the one that I'm interested in is not what they're selling. It's a diorama of humanity. Like yeah, you that's go what I'm and you get at. to enjoy... You, it's not about what's going on on stage. Like that's a fun backdrop, but it's like about what's going on. You watch like the interactions and you get to see people in some weird places and they, some of them are displaying some behavior that is just generally like, you're, you're just not going to see it anywhere else. Like Michael, it sounds like a casino in Las Vegas, which is the closest uh, I've yeah, come. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty uh, similar. Like, yeah. Oh, like this guy has been here for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. He might be wearing a diaper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what though the 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 except the, he'd get car- kicked out for shitting himself. <laughs> so the deadly sin, if we can bring the Catholics into it, the deadly sin that's on display though is different. Instead of greed, it's lust, and so there's just a, a different tang in the air. It's like uh, you know you've you've had one flavor. They call of that. it poon tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. wow! Well, that's interesting, right? Wow. So like in wow. in America like if we you know you bring up the deadly sins if we think about all of them the one that's perhaps the most taboo is lust and what i mean by that is sexuality in america is very repressed oh yeah it's okay for me to say you know what i want to make as much money as i can in fact yeah. that's a little bit encouraged some yeah, people would sure. say i'm greedy but most people would say oh no problem yeah no if i said my goal is i want to have um sex with as many women as possible certainly a larger percentage of people would be like that's gross. Yep. So sure. in a way, what I what I think is interesting about strip clubs, at least conceptually, because again, I've never been, is you must like have given up is the wrong word, but let's use it the wrong phrasing. You must have given up on some level, like if you're a regular. Like I understand you go once every you know six months, twice a year, For you know lunch. whatever. But if you're in the strip club, <laughs> if you're in the strip club weekly, let's say, yeah. yeah, you must have kind of been like you know what like. Here I am. And that's not me judging. That's saying within American society in particular, because sex is so taboo mm-hmm. that if you're like, I'm out in the open every week, 52 times a year in the strip club. So, so I hear what you're saying and, and I, I think you're mistaken. And I've the reason why is that the weird take on this too. But. Yeah. So the, the regulars, and I mean, I've, I've dated a couple of strippers. Like, I mean, whatever. I've spent some time in strip clubs, right? Right. And, and again, I've never been, so I don't necessarily so know. I'm not an expert. I've never DJed at one, for example. But <laughs> well, don't what don't, don't pick on poor <laughs> no, now. No, after honestly, you were enthralled earlier. Honestly, like I really this this seems like a really fun idea, like a fun thing to go to. Anyway, my sure. point is, I digress. The the fact is that the regulars there, in the way that it's actually a lot like a regular at a bar. They're not they're not there like 
just randomly they're not there like just ordering a drink like they know the bartender's name and in many ways they come back for the that bartender and if in some cases some regulars if they walk in and like their bartender is out sick or whatever they might even turn around and leave right like the regulars at a strip club they are not at a strip club they have a relationship with with one or more of the girls there they are there to see candy or whatever the fuck and like when candy comes out they perk up they they lean forward they bring their little stack out and can that's like essentially i don't want to use the word girlfriend because that's not fair but it's like there is a a one-sided but meaningful relationship there so it's, in a way it's almost like a a way to pay for uh the company it's like a you know like a japanese comfort girl are you familiar it's just we don't have those here in in like they'll come over and you buy them a drink and they sit with you it's not again what happens on the stage that's like one small part of it that gets focused on in movies and tv and shit but like a lot of it is like the the socialization of having at least a reasonably attractive woman come over and flirt with you and like that's what the regulars are there for yeah that that attention like to the to the same point like um i've actually heard this from regulars at strip clubs where it's like I could go out to a bar and try to flirt with, uh, you know, any number of women uh, and spend twice as much money and never have anyone flirt back with me. Or I can be here and I can just sit here and eventually someone will come over to me and pay some attention to me. And it might cost me money like when she gets up on stage or I might pay for a dance or something like that. You know, buy but her in, an overpriced drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to pay, you know, $300 for a $12 bottle of champagne or something like mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, like it's guaranteed essentially that that experience of having some sort of like lustful experience with another person, flirtatious Even experience. Just kindness. With, yeah. Oh yeah, even just someone like that would just like you you're having a shitty day and you want to talk about it with someone, they'll sit down and listen to anything you want to say. I mean, like it sounds stupid, but they will and you can't you almost can't go anywhere else to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like um so yeah, it, it's I mean, in many ways to to the what you were just saying like you can't go anywhere else. In a way, the strip club is a product of what you're talking about, Michael, where lust is like the most taboo of, of the the deadly sins, right? Like the fact that I can't just go pay for sex outright or the fact that like it's taboo for me to just pay a girlfriend, right? Like the strip club is almost like the only game in town where I can just, like you said, be guaranteed to have a positive and I would ar- almost, almost argue a healthy, tra- like, uh interaction with someone because there isn't that weird like i don't know uh, unsaid you know under undertow it's more like above board and it's like look i want this you're willing to give it's me almost this. more like, agreeable in the sense that like if you were the kind of guy that went out and spent thousands of dollars trying to hit on women every week people would might actually think less of you than if you were the guy that spent a thousand dollars every week to go to the strip club sure like they would be like, oh, he just is really into strip clubs, uh, but everyone already knows what happens at a strip club. So it's like, again, it's above board to right. some extent. Whereas if you were trying to do the same thing in just a regular bar, you're you'd just a, a creeper. You'd be a huge creeper. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. weird. That's not to say that weird, I'm not trying gross, to like, sad, yeah. disgusting things don't happen at strip clubs. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to glorify strip clubs for our, our listeners or whatever, but Agreed. it is All an interesting place. It is an interesting place and we're going. 
is how this ends, by the way. Not tonight, but we're going. I was going to say, I probably shouldn't go tonight. I've got, <laughs> I actually do have work in the morning. Ha! <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, again, I've, I've never been, um, and to your point, like I get, I totally get what you're saying. Like, okay, I can go to the strip club and I don't have, it's not this weird negotiation that we all know is going on, but we can't talk about where if you go to a normal bar, you see someone you'd like to flirt with, you say, you know, the stereotypical line of, Hey, can I buy you a drink? Mm -hmm. And that's really just a proxy for I'm interested in you. Right. Are you interested in me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the yes to the drink is yes. I'm interested in you enough to talk for a little bit or no, you know, frankly, I'm not. So at the strip club, you can literally say, I'm imagining, hey, I'd like for you to spend some time with me. How much sure. is that going to set me back? Yeah. Um, well, you what's, don't even what's have funny, to. It's just a part of the package. Like, it Yeah. Just what's what's funny about that literal situation is like, let's, you know, if, if I'm a person who has maybe I just have low self-esteem, I just get rejected a lot. I'm tired of doing that. If I go to a bar and I walk up to someone and say, can I buy you someone a drink? You know, it's a 50-50 shot. I could do whatever. But if I did the same thing to a girl in a strip club, it's 100% she will always right. say yes. No matter how big of an yeah. incel you are. Yeah, you it are doesn't matter. So it's, it's like some, you know, again, not not trying to like that. Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in a strip club or anything sure. like that. And what, you know, part of it, it, it's funny that you mentioned earlier, you know, like being a DJ in one. Yeah, it is a pretty lucrative job, but it's also fairly depressing mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to be kind of around that all the time. But uh, if you, you know, if, if for some reason you needed that in your life, it's like the most acceptable, easiest guaranteed way to like get someone to just like, I don't know, it not reject you for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, which is, that is probably the most depressing thing I've ever said. <laughs> so anyway. again, though, it's like, it's a sad result of other th parts of our society that are sorely lacking. Right. Sure. It's, it, I mean, like, uh, I don't, I don't know if we want to open this can of worms, but it's like, I, I often wonder how many people <laughs> sorry yeah how many people drink excessively because they don't have access to other uh substances like marijuana right like sure. or, or what have you let's we, we don't even need to make this about weed but just other illicit you know call them narcotic substances whatever how many people just drink by default when in fact they don't even like drinking like it's just the only game in town right it's just the only one that doesn't even even if it is partially taboo is not taboo right 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 same as the strip club it's definitely partially taboo but like it's the only game in town yeah exactly like i can be an alcoholic and probably no one will really hate me unless i ruin something between us right uh but i it can't be addicted to meth and have the same mm -hmm. thing ex mm -hmm. exist right uh same thing i could go to a strip club all the time and people can accept that that's just like something i do because it's legal and you know not hurting anyone i guess but oh well that's debatable but fair yes <laughs> yeah but yeah you get you get my point I right it's like if i want to play the stock market and i make big bets and i lose that i'm a businessman who right. failed but if i bet really really big on the nfc playoff game and yeah, i lose then, you're a then gambler, i have a gambling problem <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's yeah and it's literally it's the exact same thing right mm -hmm. because investing is not gambling right on your point about alcoholism there's another again sorry great mitch hedberg bit where he says you know <laughs> alcoholism is the only disease that you can get mad at someone for having you know you say damn it Otto, you're an alcoholic <laughs> doesn't have the same ring you say damn it Otto, you have lupus <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty great 
Okay, where were we? I we started with DJ Spin. That's I know. where we I'm, were. I'm sorry. I had like that was a rich, rich topic. <laughs> I had something else that I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, there about. was a lot there. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. God, I went, I went down that rabbit hole. Um, um, can I tell a quick, actually funny strip club story? Yeah, is that cool? Wait, an, an you, you've never been to one. I've never been inside. Well, a strip I'm more. Club. I'm even more oh. intrigued as a I result. Was, by the way, the- I was the designated driver. Um, I was in a. Uh, I think it's called a Sprinter. So it's a Mercedes like giant mega van. I don't know. That we I was in a fraternity and we were in Quebec, Canada on a skiing trip for uh, winter break and they really wanted to go to the strip club and it was like, "You know what? I I don't do this. Um I just I'm not comfortable with it, but I'm happy to DD you." And like, "Yes, please DD us." So we go to the strip club and the roads are iced over, but that's neither here nor there and all of my uh, fraternity brothers of which there are probably 12 other guys in this car are, are I love that phrase, by the way. It's neither here nor it's it was neither here nor there who can say um (laughs) so we get in there and um they all go in and then five minutes later um this guy uh he comes back out wait 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 wait, wait. i gotta stop you you being the dd why does that preclude you from going in that just means you don't drink oh i didn't want to go in okay fair enough um why i want to i want to unpack that that. yeah uh it just at that point in my life and i think still a little bit today actually no probably definitely i just it just makes me uncomfortable fair enough I think I like grew up in a pretty conservative like. So you don't want to go with us? No. If we dragged you, you're out. coming. I mean, would I go in? Because now, like, I've, have I been called out to some extent? Yes. Like now, I kind of have to do it. Yeah. I know you'll this find is, it interesting. This is your. You this will. is a hundred oysters all over again. Yeah. I mean, I think to there's something. Extent. I think there's something in the strip club that I'm going to find interesting. There's no oh, doubt yeah. in my mind. But I, something. I think as soon as you walk in, you're going to be like, this might be one of the most interesting places I've ever been inside. I don't want to call it a Petri dish, but something uh, about (laughs) it makes me deeply uncomfortable. And that's not a judgment call. Like people who go to strip clubs or the, you know, the strippers themselves, like you do you. But anyway, I didn't go into the strip club. They all go in five minutes later. uh, This guy comes out and he's a good guy, but he's also in college and he's a bit of a turd at this point in his life. He's like, you know, it's just not, I was like, are you okay? You, You know, you, you, five minutes in and out. I was like, tell him we tag teamed it. It's just not, it's just not that sick in there. You know, like it's just not, it's not that sick. It's bro. just not that sick. Um, <laughs> and then he falls asleep like pretty immediately. And so then another guy who I know comes out and he's like, Hey, you know, is, is Bobby in here? And I was like, yeah, you know, he said it was not that sick in there. And he's like, no man, like he, he got up on a table and he tried to dance with the stripper and he fell off and he hit his head and I think he's bleeding and they bounced him. <laughs> they bounced him. <laughs> He fell asleep immediately because he has a fucking, <laughs> a fucking concussion. concussion. Yeah, you should probably wake him up. And so then I was like, "Well, should we? Should we? You know, do we need to take Bobby to the hospital?" And he's like, "God, no." And I was like, "Well, then why are you?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just trying to see if he's okay." <laughs> well, you if, saw him if, hit his well, head. If he's not he's bleeding, if he's not okay, and you're not willing to accept the outcome of we should go to the hospital, then why are you out here? Where's Bobby now? Um, Bobby works um, in finance in New York. Oh. And Bobby's not his real name. So he's a gambler. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, you, if that's the viewpoint you want to take. Yeah. I, did you on the fly change the identity of, of this person to protect the innocent? Yeah. I'm impressed. Wow. Well Good done. on you. Hey, so uh, I was thinking maybe we should take one more break, come back. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I'm good. I'm here. Yeah. All right, cool. We're going to take <laughs> a have work in the morning, you <laughs> dumb fucks. <laughs> We're going to take a short break and uh, deal with uh, Elon's fucking crazy you know outbursts over here all right we'll see you in a bit
So welcome back to the podcast. I again have with me Elon and uh, Michael. Uh, we brought up the fact that these microphones are really good ASMR microphones because you can hear all my lip smacks. Um, um, I... It's I have some opinions strictly about erotic this, actually. It's really? strictly erotic for me. So, so uh, there's oh. somebody, uh, you know, again, I used to work with you guys, so we have a lot of the same friends in common or, or ex I thought you were going to say, like, like, sexual tastes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, statistically, it's probably yes, likely. Yes, true. Um, no way. Somebody who... <laughs> Not ever. Somebody who, uh, you know, you guys still work Five, with. Five, six, four, three. Um, <laughs> She's really into ASMR, and and not as a fetish. She's into it. Like, uh, you you guys. Uh, so we use Spotify. Anyone out there who uses Spotify, they do that like yearly review where like around New Year's they'll you know you you can like see a uh, a bunch of facts like how many hours you listen, sure. like what your yeah. biggest track was, whatever. Her biggest track was like an, a, a sixty minute long ASMR thing that she just listens to on repeat, like day after day after day. Um, because it just helps her oh pardon me uh it just kind of like helps her focus right sure which i totally get i actually do the same with like uh kind of like nature sounds like a running stream and birds and whatever like i get yep. that i listen to asmr tracks and i feel like there's two varieties there's like let's call it the textural sounds where they're like you know clacking some things together rubbing a pineapple, rubbing a pineapple. great example like dropping sand a on a bag full of spaghetti <laughs> right yeah. dropping sand on a, on chicken, a drum, fried chicken spaghetti. whatever right so you guys know what i'm talking about and yeah. then there's the other component which is like people whispering things so that you get the sensation of someone breathing words into your ear hole and the sound part, like the textural sounds, like hey, they're kind of neat from like an audiophile perspective. There's a lot of interesting sounds there, but doesn't do anything for me. But like the the people whispering, where like especially with good headphones on, where it just sounds like they're like just breathing hotly in your ear, like man, it like raises the hairs in the back of my neck. And like I'm not gonna say it like gets me hard, but it definitely elicits uh, a sexual response, like. It just it it's a fucking turn on. Like I feel, I feel sadly that the two of you do not get to experience this so because it's it's it, fun. It it's weird to me. So uh, yesterday I streamed my first video game ever on Twitch, and uh, I'm terrible at it at both streaming and playing the video game. But I played Hearthstone. Uh, and then I, but it was kind of fun just to like to put it on there. I didn't have a microphone set up. I think like maybe one person watched it. That's a pretty big um, deal. But it was, it was a fun kind of like, Hey, like another thing, like kind of like this. I'm just putting something on the internet. If someone listens to it or watches it, that's kind of a cool, I don't know. History. It's, I feel it's like, neat. I feel like all of these things, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm adding to the permanent record of you know, one day an archaeologist is going to dig up a USB thumb drive <laughs> and it's going to have like the bounce of this stupid mix on it. And they're going to be like, that guy must have been a king or something. I don't know. That like, guy sure. was a really so, good DJ. Yeah, yeah, he was such a good DJ. And DJs in the time, as we know, <laughs> were the kings of the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just going to be like very <laughs> misinterpreted uh, bullshit. Because I'll be I'll be obviously buried in my own home after the nuclear holocaust with all of my fucking audio equipment. They'll mm -hmm. be like, 
obviously he was one of the best DJs mm-hmm. in the Turn world. Turn tables across yeah. your chest, one hand on he's each got table. The, he's got the name Spin written all over his walls. Right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I was. Uh, it was a fun thing to like do to like stream this thing. I thought about doing more of it. I might. I might try and do one after you guys leave. Who cool. knows? I don't cool. know. Uh, but when I when I finished, I was like, well, you know, like, what do you actually stream? Like, should I play more Hearthstone? Should I download another game? Should I try some? some other stupid game that I'm going to be terrible at. Or even a non-game activity. Yeah. Was, There's a ton it, of that on Twitch now. So then I started thinking about that. So I thought about this, like maybe we could, you know, live stream this on Twitch, which again, I mentioned earlier that I, I was having issues trying to figure out how to do the, man, I'm gassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> having, uh, you know, do Let the, it out, spin. I know. Uh, the, you know, getting the audio through on this. Um, but one of the things that I thought about was like, oh man, it would be like, I have this goal for this year. I'm reading 25 books this year. I was like, it would be a lot of fun to just like read a book aloud and maybe someone would want to listen to that. Uh, and so I started like Googling, like, is that a thing that people do? Apparently there's some like legal you mean gray aside area. From audiobooks. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> someone just like, you know, like I'm going to mess up, you know, sure, it's not sure. going to be well edited or anything like that. It's going to be in real time. Audio books. If, you, if you're not there for the start of it, you're going to start somewhere halfway in the yeah. middle of the book or something like that. It might be, it might go over several days of me reading a chapter at a time, but I thought it would be kind of this cool idea of like, I can get through, uh, you know, doing something new, this streaming thing that I don't understand and also kind of fulfill one of my goals reading this thing. So I started looking into it and there's a lot of weird legal gray area as far as like reading books online because mm. you mm. can technically call it a performance, but also you're essentially just plagiarizing someone's copyrighted sure. work. And so there's this, uh, you know, like whether it's infringement on their copyright or it's its own artistic thing is really hard to hard to say twitch is a really weird place to do it because it's not really policed that well mm-hmm. and also i'm probably never going to make any money off of twitch like sure. uh so you know if someone wanted to go after me the worst probably the most they would do is say like hey don't read the next chapter hey you know like just hey, stop doing that don't don't do that <laughs> it's it's not likely that i'll ever have enough followers that anyone would even look into right, it right right so that doesn't um, change the fact that it's morally wrong. I don't think it's morally wrong. Mm. I could I read the book to you guys here. It's I could illegal. invite I could invite a thousand people over and read a book. Mm, you don't have that many friends. I mean, that's <coughs> true, but I could invite that many people. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a large social network. That's really interesting that though, just true. in that you remember back you don't see it now because everyone streams everything instead of having actual physical DVDs or VHSs. But back in the day, at least I'm sure with DVDs, but definitely with VHSs before ever the start of every VHS, there'd be this really um, foreboding FBI mm. warning of like, Hey, don't, oh, yeah. don't show this to people and charge them money or we will get you. Yeah. Like basically don't have a home movie theater where you're charging, you know, 10 bucks a pop to come over right. and watch the lion King or so we're going to get you. That's one of the weird things about Twitch is that like, if I, if I did this, even, even if I like played a movie on my computer and streamed it for people, I'm not charging them money. I'm literally right. just showing them what's happening on my computer screen. 
Um, but they do have the option of essentially paying me money. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they can tip me like a, like a cam girl. Right. right? So, uh, I can, I could potentially profit off of this thing and whether or not that was my, there's a lot of, again, it's a lot of gray area in this, mm -hmm. um, thing. Anyway, so I was thinking about doing this thing, right? Uh, and I was going down this rabbit hole of like copyrights and stuff like that. And then I was like, do people just talk? You know, what about the podcast? If I did the podcast live and then released an edited version later, you know, like, what does that look like? Uh, and Mad I add spoilers. Yeah. And then I stumbled on AS ASMR and all I knew was that it was people talking into a microphone. And, and something I was like, that had been dead in you was <laughs> yes. suddenly stirring again. Exactly. <laughs> But but then I, I thought about it and I could get really close to this microphone and talk really quietly into your into your ear holes. I tell you all sorts of weird things. And you could hear all these Spin lip smacks. <laughs> but you could hear like essentially all of these things, right? And and I could do that. But I I it was weird to me. This now is coming as like a weird conclusion in my head, considering the last segment that we just talked about all this like lustful activity, mm. but it, it felt, uh, strange to me in my head to be, to say like, that might be something that I would do. Like one, put myself in this weird, vulnerable, weirdly vulnerable mm. situation, but then also like appease other people's like sexual interests. Sure. Uh, with it and pro again probably no one's gonna listen to this fucking twitch stream so like it's I mean, gonna you're, be you're it's putting, just gonna be elon but you're putting your sex on display yeah would so, um would you feel more or less strange than if you had like a public facebook account where you just posted photos of your feet every day <laughs> and I you would, and you were getting donations somehow and like tons of likes would that make you more or less or equivalently uncomfortable oh, as being like a huge ASMR star on Twitch? So Facebook feet or Twitch ASMR? I, which one's weirder for you? I think actually ASMR because I think it's more personal. Uh, like taking mm. a picture of my mm. feet like doesn't really matter because it's, it could be it could technically be someone else's feet, right? Like I okay. What about selling your socks? Well, same thing. Dirty it's socks. like how, unwashed. How obviously. do you know that it's how does the end user actually know other than my word, right? Like I could take pictures of my feet all day and, mm. and sell socks, but I could do you it. You are clearly not someone with a foot fetish. No. Yeah. But, but, uh, <laughs> my point is like, or I, I could take pictures of someone else's feet or I could just find pictures of someone else's feet. If I could find enough of the same person's, I could essentially just make a business of that. Can you think but like about to be on, like where someone could see me on a camera pretty live. I mean, it's only delayed by, uh, you know, 30 seconds, maybe two minutes at the most. And I'm talking into it, whispering, you know, reading the encyclopedia or something. I don't know. Uh, Probably not the thing you want to open with. I mean, that's more of a deep cut. I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. I like, maybe I'll read this uh, civil war book. I don't know. Okay. Be something. I just wanted to point out the absurdity of like there being a controversy of where you're a famous foot poster and then it comes out that you've been outsourcing it and it's not actually photos <laughs> of your feet and it's i'm thinking about just feet? the absurdity of like i'm upset well why are you upset well there's this fella 
I've been buying his unwashed socks, and it came out that he wasn't actually the one wearing them. <laughs> I thought this was, was DJ Spin Money. It, it was somebody else's was... socks. And who can I trust now yeah. that I know this, that I've been misled mm. in this way? You could trust me. <laughs> God damn um, it, that's the creepiest I, thing in the world. But that's that's another thing, too, is like the sound of it. So I, I the, the reason why I thought of uh, rubbing a pineapple is like I started like looking up like ASMR channels and there's all these it's mostly young attractive women oh. talking into binaural mics <laughs> yeah and stuff like that yeah <laughs> you mean it's not a bunch of 55 no. year old dads of two but there was this one guy there was like I saw one guy that was like live streaming at the time I was looking at looking this up and I was like I wonder like okay so maybe probably all of the all of the young attractive female ones are like a sexual thing of course uh, they are so maybe this one guys e- either it's going to be weirdly sexual or it's just going to be strange mm, and i wonder what it is child. and so i click on it and it was literally just him welcoming people to his channel whispering and rubbing a fucking pineapple on his face mm. and i didn't understand mm. He knows why you're there. I didn't understand it uh-huh. at all. And then complaining about how he had to ban a whole bunch of people. Mm. Probably I mean, there, for sexual advances. There, there is a part of it that, that doesn't click for me. Like, the, again, the sounds like some people that really like kind of does something in their brain. And like, I've had a few moments where I can feel almost like a, a warmth in kind of like the back of my, you know, like near the back of like my, the my visual skull. visual cortex. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's no no secret that I've uh, tried a few different substances, and there are some substances where, like, you almost feel experiences in your skull. Like, it's like, is a part sure. of my brain getting hot right now, and like, I need to kick <laughs> the fan on, right? Like, there's a thing with ASMR where I'll feel like an odd sensation in the back of, like, inside my skull, in my brain somewhere. Sure. And I, you know, it's it's interesting. I I enjoy it, but mostly it's just sexual, and it's like, what what I find interesting, Spin. By the way, for both the foot and the, the AS, ASMR thing, like to me, that's almost like what oh, what a blessing! Like how nice it would be to be like, oh, you know, I, I can I can post this and and people are absolutely loving this. Like it's it's nothing for me to take a picture of my feet, and I'm doing so much good for these people. Like they're enjoying it. Like absolutely, why would I want to hide it from them? Like if you told me that people were jerking off to this podcast because I was on it, like that would be a nice little ego boost for me. Like it's no sweat off my sack. Like I enjoy that. Okay. So like to that point, if I found out that people were like jerking off to this, no one is, but if, if someone were, you don't know that that's, that's fair. You just recognize that you don't, I don't know that. But if I had found that out, I probably, I probably wouldn't think of any. I wouldn't even. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, sure, do it, right. do what it is. But I if see, I so start whispering into a microphone, like, yeah, exactly, it is. It's like I, I know that I'm doing. Like, if Why someone's just problem, getting though? off on this now, yeah, then it's like, well, I wasn't trying to get you sure, off. It's on them. Yeah, but what, what is, what is the problem for you? Spend like you know, give someone some sexual pleasure. Like, doesn't that like kind of make you happy? Like you. You like you brought someone some joy. I mean, I don't. I, I suppose I don't hate it. I, it's just like it's weird outside of like a private situation, right? Mm, like, mm. like if all of a sudden I'm I'm bringing sexual joy to like the masses, it feels like 
I don't know, maybe I'm not even deserving of being able to do that. I got to tell you one of my favorite things in the world. Um, and is I, I get to indulge. sexual joy to the masses. I, no, I wouldn't say the masses, but to strangers. Um, yeah, I, uh, I get off on it. Like, it's really interesting because there's no, there's no attachment. I can just like walk away and, and there's nothing, nothing lost from me. Like, I, I mean, to, to be intimate with another person is to lose a part of yourself, but also to sure. gain a part of them. Right. And like in, in, in an ideal setting, it's like an equal trade. And therefore, so how do I like, lose a part of myself to a, a thousand people? Fair, fair. But like, that's the thing is that with, with a stranger, it's like, I am, I feel at least I am in control of this interaction and I'm only going to give a part of myself that like it was extra anyway, you know, like I had it and I get something out of it in the sense that like, you don't even fucking know me. And like, you're just like, I can see the desire in your eyes. And it's like, and then as soon as I'm ready, like I just walk away. There's, there's just some, there's a certain amount of power there. Like it's, it's a power dynamic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And like the more turned on this, you know, whoever this, this person is or people, it's like, the more power I have in that in that situation. So okay, so let's say hypothetically, I decide to like do one of these things. What do I start with? Well, I so as not to bring it back to strip clubs, but as sure. mentioned, I've I've dated a few strippers, and so um, at one point, I one of the strippers I was dating was actually pretty fucking amazing on a, a pole. Like it wasn't just like. I'm hot. I'm gonna sure. stand no, so like walk acrobatic. in a circle. Yeah, it's like really, really good. And she had a pole in her living room at home to practice on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's neat. Oh, let let's try this. Like, oh, that's cool. And before you know it, like you're having fun on it. It's like a piece of gym equipment. It's like a lot of fun. And then yeah, you're I mean, dancing. There's and like, like legit exercise classes. There is. There's. But also, now. it's fun to feel sexy and like grab this big steel cock and like dance around it. And like, there's just something fun and like. You get to just like embrace this part of you like you're it's like the performer right and sure. it's like i so as a result of that i got comfortable with it's that voyeurism and it's vo- yeah it is exactly exactly and okay. so um i uh, you know i don't want to go down this whole rabbit hole but there are these uh art and music festivals is the word i would use but like basically these festivals i go to where it's kind of like a diy festival so instead of like on oh, the main stage is blah it's more like if I bring a stage and I put a stripper pole there, I can fucking dance on it all I want. And so uh, the group of people that I fell in with, some of them are strippers and like we would bring a pole and have fun on it and fucking like I fuck people and like have, have a good time. And to this day, I, I still do that. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like I get to feel like a, a sexual being for however long I want. And then when I'm done, I walk away and I go do whatever, some other thing I want. Interesting. Yeah. Michael, do you have any, I have a bubble in my throat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I put that there. <laughs> Whoa. Do I have any? <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, input into this? Do you want, uh, do you get off on ASMR? Do you want to be a part of that world? No, not really. Um, <clears throat> I offense. would say, and if he's going to come and he might not, I already know what Elon's going to say. I have a very, what I would call vanilla <laughs> sexuality. Um, I'm less interested in things for myself, but what I will say is I'm always very interested in like people who love ASMR or like, I want to know about the guy who's buying the used socks. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you buying the used socks? What is it about the used socks that you like? And like what, maybe nothing happened to you, which is a totally acceptable outcome. And it's wrong of me to assume that something happened to you with feet or socks, but on the off chance that it did, what was it? Could you share it with me? 
because I want to know like what's motivating you to buy the socks. So those things for me are not like of interest. Like I'm not like the sock guy, but if I like could meet the sock guy and talk to him, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Like Tell me about that. I feel like this just speaks back to exactly what you're talking about in the first segment, which is that you just want to explore the extremity essentially of like whatever situation there right. is. Right, I'm always interested in extremes. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what motivates you to do this? How did you find out about this, right? So one thing that's always been of interest to me, and I don't mean to take us off course, but pre-internet, if like you were really, really into feet, that's the topic at hand, or any other sort of what we would call sexual deviancy, although that term's a little bit loaded, how would you find someone else? Like, Mm. if you're the foot guy and it's 1940, (laughs) how do you negotiate that? Are you like, hey... I'm well, you, you, while actually, we're asleep, I'm going to put my head on the opposite end of the bed. What about, what about and, this? Uh, uh, I'm going to wrap my hand around your legs <laughs> and like, I not, just, I'm just doing this. Like to bring up kind of like a topic we were already talking about though. Uh, you know, like what if that wasn't a thing and people just had like, I don't know, whatever, whatever was normal for the time, they're all just pouring fucking coffee in their cereal. And then (laughs) now the internet comes along and it's like, oh, holy shit, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. We should have been into feet. Right. Right. Like maybe it's like that, uh, the idea that without, without language is the inroad to thought, right? Sure. The idea that like, if you don't have the words for something, you can't even really think about it, which is a whole other topic, whether you believe that's true. But like, I I wonder, Michael, like the guy in the forties, like who's never seen a sexy foot photo in real life whatever like how does he know that he's the foot guy like there has to be a moment so to your point like how does he find his people how does he do it like there for him to be a foot guy or her whatever like there has to be that moment where they saw you know like mrs dunwich the fourth grade teacher like lean down and oh she broke her heel she slipped off her you know the remnant of her (laughs) shoe and like in that moment the sexual awakening happening and since then i've been a foot guy and like in the i would imagine you probably just seek it out the way you know the way that we all do right like you know you're in some weird curio shop and like you go in the back and you're like checking the the photo album and like you find like this you know lithographic plate of like a woman's foot and like you bring it up to the counter sheepishly and you're like i'll, I'll have this and the guy just like nods and goes yeah i know you will i had this here for you and like passes it over you certainly you're not gonna have like the breadth the purveyor of those things is yeah just... but like you probably won't have the breadth like if i want to go see feet i can see all the feet i want like whatever the f- different styles i could i'm sure right now i could go and find you uh, whatever fucking crazy thing you can think of i can find like a There's woman's three pairs foot of in a feet in gorilla yeah exactly like Safe. whatever the fuck so certainly the breadth would be limited but i almost feel like we're spoiled to the point where I can't even enjoy feet because there's too many out there. Whereas like, it's like, Oh, look at this precious artifact. I found this like, you know, lithograph in the back of the store. Like, Hey, Hey, Michael, you want to see something cool? And you're like, yeah, I want to see. And like, I show you this weird foot picture. And it's like, how fucking cool. Like in a way we're almost missing out on shit because we're so spoiled. So right, not because to it like, was too easy. Yeah, not to yeah, steal yeah. too much away from like the, pretty much predominantly sexual talk we've been having for the last hour and a half you guys had those i'm sorry (laughs) and you will not stop talking about sex it's it's they're an aphrodisiac it's what it is um but uh not to steal you know away from that but but it kind of it reminds me a lot so i have uh you know i have vinyl records i have a friend that collects books um you know and nowadays it's it's pretty easy like i you know like i 
I have some pretty rare records. Um, and I, you know, I belong to like a website where I can say like, Hey, these are some of the super rare records that I'm looking for. And I just get an email when one of them's like, someone's got one up for mm. trade or whatever. That's and it's cool. like, Oh cool. Yeah. Let me just buy that thing. Or let me see if I have something that they want to trade for. Um, and to your point, it just makes it really easy to just like consume those things. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, maybe more, uh, if I wanted to collect records, I would have to like scour record stores. And when I found one, it was, it's almost more special. So, and to that same ex- extent, like if another record collector comes over here, they would see my rare stuff. And now they're just kind of like, Oh cool. You have this. I have one too mm-hmm. versus, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's people similar. I was too young probably at that point to be collecting records, but if someone would have found one, they would have been like, oh my God, how did you find one of these? There's right. only, you right. know, a few thousand in the world. Like, did you go to a swap meet? Did you like, you know, how did you negotiate early internet to email with someone on Juno about this thing <laughs> or something? You know, so similar thing. Maybe there was like a deeper appreciation for yeah. it back in the day. I would think so. You know, with, with everything, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Everything, every good thing in our lives comes at a cost. Sure. And the cost in this case being that you have a lesser appreciation for the things that you maybe obsess over a little bit. I mean, one, one of the things that kind of blows me away is, you know, earlier we, we had dinner before recording this and wait, we did, we did, um, the food that we ate. Well, okay, you didn't enjoy yours or whatever. No, but, I loved my food. Why are you guys? I just, I certainly uh, enjoyed your food. Yeah, it was we both delicious. enjoyed your food. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Look, point, point it was being, good. I just was full very quickly. Point being that an no average meal that. for us is like what a fucking king could have maybe eaten, you know, in whatever, like back, sure. back in the day, right? Back in before the now. And it, I try to think about this. Like, I can have. Uh, a, a piece of fruit that was flown in from somewhere in Asia and it's still ripe. Like no king could have had that. Like even the most powerful people just didn't have that option. Now, okay, yeah, they had other options that we don't have, like the ability to just point at someone and have them like thrown in a pit and eaten by a lion. Like I'm There's not saying there were people that still have that power. Sure, sure. I, I'm just saying I don't have every sure, yeah, experience yeah. that like, you a know, king could have you know, well, yeah, exactly. But there are certain experiences and I take them for granted as a result. It's not like someone hands me this like, oh, you know, like they open this, this is a finely engraved wooden yeah. box with velvet in the inside. And they're like, yeah, I have this apple from the Fuji Isles. And it's kind of wrinkled. So I know that it traveled on the back of a fucking llama for <laughs> fucking 50 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, and it's like not me, even like, that good. No, but it's no, like, but it's, it's like no one else in the kingdom has had this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, I just fucking, I eat one bite and I'm like, oh, it's good. Yeah. I mean, there's that sort of still exists with things like scotch and like rare whiskeys and stuff Mm. like that. Like I I recently had like a a 38 year old scotch whiskey and it was like someone gave it to me and it was like, they only made 1200 bottles of these. Right. Right. You know, like it'll never be made again. It's this really super rare thing. So there is still kind of like that silly I don't know, like, uh, this sounds really arrogant to say, but kind of like that royalty aspect of like, I have this thing that no one else could ever have. And, 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 and that does feel better than say like a Fuji apple, which is 
really just as a wild monumentous man. like occasion like yeah this thing came from all the way the fuck over on the other side of the world tasted better than that 30 year old scotch i mean the 30 year old scotch was pretty i mean but then was it? perception right perception versus no good it was it was pretty delicious oh, okay. i fucking good. loved it um anyway i wanted to talk to you about something else i feel like we're leaving michael out of a lot of things all here. i wanted to say was could you imagine giving george the third a snickers bar ha <laughs> Hey man, have this children's candy bar. Mm-hmm. It's full of nougat. You're not you when you're hungry. You're Dude, welcome. Dude, even just the wrapper on it would blow his fucking mind. Or like, yeah. can you imagine like showing like, Thomas Jefferson Christmas fucking... lights? Yeah. Oh, I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Icicle lights. Mm-hmm. Whoa. By the way, um, fun tip for you kids to try at home: uh, if you've never set fire to Christmas lights, they're amazing. Uh, Michael and I learned this with Why a friend recently. Why would we do this? I, it's terrible for the environment. I personally do not condone it. Um, but every now and then, if you have some old Christmas lights I've and you put them so in so many Christmas lights, they, it's a fucking light show. Like they turn the most interesting colors, purple flames, blue Wait, flames. Do they green have to flames. be, do they have to be colored lights? Can't say. Who can say? They were Christmas lights. Okay. Were they the little ones or the big ones? The little ones. Little the ones. modern little ones. Okay. I can't say if they were like a string of like the white ones or the color that I don't know, but so I had to, I think they're all the same and they just color the bulb, like the glass on it seems right to me. Um, but your mileage may vary, but, uh, set some Christmas lights on fire. You will not regret it. I had to buy Christmas lights for the first time this year, uh, Mm. because I have a house now, which is fun. Um, but I bought Christmas lights. That was quite an experience. That's interesting. I wouldn't think that you're the type to be like, it's the holiday season. Got to put up the lights. Well, it was, put it was, up a little it was inflatable than, Santa in the front yard. I had an inflatable Christmas dragon. Oh, yeah. Puff. It was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It could have been puff. could have been anybody, I guess. Could have been, been any uh, magic dragon. Yeah. Any of the magic Christmas dragons that there are. Puff wasn't a Christmas dragon. You can't bring yeah, that. Well, you know. <laughs> fair enough. You liked Christmas. Yeah. I mean, who, I mean, I don't really like Christmas. <laughs> don't go down that line. Sorry. Sorry. No, yeah, I had to I, I bought Puff Christmas the Xmas lights. Dragon. Yeah, look, some of them are still hanging. Like my sister put those up oh, over, yeah. the, over the uh draperies as they were. Mm-hmm. Well, um, take them down before you set them on fire, but Well, I hardly ever plug them in, so it's like whatever. Uh but anyway, um yeah, I, I was like, you know, I have a house. It's like a thing that people with houses do. They put up lights. I was like, I should do that. It's a fuck ton of work. I'm never yep. doing that again. Sucks. I'll put up the dragon again. He was easy. and uh, But the lights sucked. Apparently, you can just pay someone to come out and fucking hang them yourself. Don't pay someone to come put up your Christmas That's, lights. I'm probably going to. What are you going to pay them to open your presents and pray to Jesus for you too? Yeah. Kids, we're outsourcing Christmas. It's a hassle. <laughs> it's too much. It is a hassle. Aye. But <laughs> I, went to, I went to Home Depot and I didn't know like how many lights you get. So I bought like... A fucking huge case. I have so many extra Christmas lights. I, bought I know probably, what you can do with them. <laughs> I probably bought like, I don't know, a thousand feet long, maybe more of just like miniature those lights. There's like maybe 50 packs of those things. It was insane. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, as it were. Uh, what I say? wanted <laughs> what I wanted to ask you about was the last time I had you on, Elon. We talked a lot about your bees, mm. and mm. Um, I think at the time, actually on the on the podcast, you said that they were going to die. I was fairly uh, certain, yeah, because you couldn't find the queen, 
and uh it was it was going to um I couldn't find was, her or any sign of her activity. Um, and yeah. they, they lived and as it a turns little out, ways they after did that, die. but then they did die. Yeah, yeah. They, it was not, it was not the healthiest of, uh, so, uh, but it, it was, it was a nice thing afterwards because we talked, uh, shortly after I put that out and you were like, no, it actually turns out that they were fine. And you know, they the were, was she was something. there, but they were in decline. I just okay. was too inexper- inexperienced to realize what was going on. So like I, my hunch was kind of right, but for the wrong reasons, um yeah they they ended up uh they didn't have enough food and they went into the winter and got a little chilly and then they got attacked and anyway it was a uh, it was sad it was sad but now, but now I have you've three got three healthy hives, hives that yeah. have actually they're now in their second year they made it through their first winter they're doing great and everybody's happy and hopefully at the end of this summer i'll finally get to harvest some honey theoretically i will have so you haven't had honey. any honey i have not had 15 any honey. oh 15 gallons i thought yeah. you said 1500 no no no, no, no. Like, each each hive shit. theoretically theoretically could give me five gallons but that's it, like a high estimate. is that i'm, I'm is not that like enough for, that. for you or is that like that, oh that's way way more than i need but it, it's part of it is just fun um i mean also i will not gonna have get that amount honey? I mean, there's no such thing as extra honey. Are you asking me for yeah. honey? I'll, I'll give you some honey. Yeah, that's yeah. no problem. There's no such thing as extra honey because okay. everybody wants some. So uh, I love that you. I do. <laughs> I love that you keep bees. I think it adds a fun flavor. It makes sense that I know you. A- and, <laughs> and I'm a purist. <laughs> and beekeeping is interesting to me because it's one of, it's the most probably socially acceptable form of like insect husbandry, let's call yeah. it. Like, bees are probably number one as far as like oh yeah right on man makes sense and then like if i were really into ant colonies mm, people mm-hmm. would, wouldn't really bet an eye maybe that. i could raise crickets if i had like yep. a lizard but i'm i something that i'm very into is something that's socially ac- acceptable or encouraged and then you just tweak it just a shade yeah. and all of a sudden people are giving you funny looks so what if it was like oh you know so great my friend elon keeps bees and like i have you know it turns out four very healthy termite colonies yeah. <laughs> and i'm uh keeping them in my backyard you know i have to buy i'm going through several dozen pounds of wood chips a week my neighbors are really upset because their fence is a goner but um yeah I'm it's really all gonna be myself. worth it at the end of the summer when i harvest all that termite milk yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um i've i've actually kind of always wanted to have pet hissing cockroaches so i find cockroaches to be hissing repulsive. cockroaches well just because they're like the mo- arguably oh. the most interesting cockroaches that that are out there okay. madagascar hissing hiss- I, I don't know anything they're about just them. these big fat ugly motherfuckers and they like make this weird sound when they expel gas out through <laughs> their exoskeleton anyway they're they're fucking nuts but they're they're big ass cockroaches right like if you've ever seen a cockroach that like is like the size of someone's palm that's sure. probably one of them right um but I am personally repulsed by cockroaches I'm not grossed out by bugs obviously I'm fucking I'm an aperist <laughs> Um, that is not the word, by Did the way. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. No, that's not even a word. Oh, fuck. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I thought it was like an apiary. <laughs> so, they're, yeah, their apis mellifera is like the scientific name. Apis you have an mellifera. apiary. And I want to say that an apicologist, I might apicologist. be. I want to say that that's a bee scientist, but I might be for misremembering the word. Suffice to say, you just call it a beekeeper spin. Yeah, well, I was trying to be all scientific. I know you're trying to be all scientific. fancific. You're, you're trying too hard, man. Just, just be easy, all right? Relax. Suffice to say, though, I am grossed out by cockroaches. They genuinely, they give me the creepy crawlies. Like if one, like, ugh, like you're fucking, you're asleep and one crawls across you. Like, Have you ever seen a house centipede? No, what's a house centipede? Have you seen a house centipede? 
No. They've got like you've seen one before. You just didn't know that's what it's called. It, it looks like they have like fifty legs. They like, have a hundred. Pretty much an entire perimeter centipede. They don't literally have a hundred legs. They might, but literally like have like a perimeter of legs. Millipedes and don't and have and they're a million legs. They're really fast. Wait, they're little. You're talking about a silverfish? No, I know. I know what a silverfish is. No, they have a lot of legs. Hmm. Pretty much all around them. They're really fast and they look disgusting. <laughs> They are the war. You get you guys. Hold on, I'm going to pull okay, up a photo okay. of a house centipede. Spin um, will uh, put one on the website. Yeah, I can't. Uh, it'll be like the it'll be the theme picture of the I entire don't mind, website. I don't mind cockroaches because I've seen house centipedes. Ha. But yeah, I've always uh, kind of wanted to keep one as as a pet or several as pets just to try to get me over my grossness with them. You know. Yeah. So that is a house centipede. Oh yeah, I have seen those before. I've never seen that thing. You've never seen that thing before? No. Yeah. We used to have them in my house back in Kentucky. That's fucking terrifying. And they're really fast. Mm-hmm. And they're actually harmless, so they're unfairly demonized, but they are terrifying. Do you know why I think cockroaches are grosser than those? Because they can fly. And that's the thing. At a moment's notice, they could launch themselves at your face. Not and to, they like, do. Try to one it's up like your house. They're, they're trying to like survive or whatever, so they're like, if I attack your face... I don't, I don't know. I, don't I feel like they true. instinctually go for the eyes. <laughs> uh, bees do. Yeah. I've, I think that that's like just a normal thing with like most mm. animals. Mm. Uh, bees are actually attracted to the scent of mammalian breath. They're very sensitive to smells and they've evolved to go for that because that, that is where the face is. And like they'll try to sting you on the inside of the mouth or the, or the nose. If you ever have a bee land on your like your hand or something, don't try to like blow it off because that'll just piss it off and make it want to sting you. Just give it a like one quick flick. That's a, that's a fun fact. So uh, you gave me another fun fact about bees when I came and saw the previous bee colony. Uh, and it was that we went out and looked at it and one of them just like ran into you mm-hmm. and you were like, no, fuck it. They're pissed. We got to go. Yeah kind of thing so i didn't know that warning yeah i didn't know that about bees and it was fun because i had my nephews over here the other day and there was a bee like hanging out he was like kind of flying around it's like hey you, he, they were kind of freaking out i was like yeah be nice to the bees they're they're not gonna hurt you whatever and they're like but it might sting me i was like did it run into you yet and, and they were like no and i was like that's if if it hits you, you like if it runs into you then we got a problem we mm-hmm. got to move but till that happens we're probably fine I, calm down. I'm, I'm happy to be spreading good information. I don't right? even know if that that was true. It's it's reasonably true. Okay. It's certainly true uh, most of the time. But I mean, of course, you know, I'm sure there are exceptions. Plenty of exceptions. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to be. I personally don't want to be like that near a bee, mm. even that's just like flying around me. Yeah, a foraging bee is not likely to sting you. They they sting to defend their home. Like yeah, a foraging bee doesn't have much to defend. They'll defend themselves if you're threatening them, but they're going to be pretty docile. Interesting. So don't swat at them. No, just fucking leave them alone. Don't swat them. Don't blow at them. But what if they land on you? Just give them one quick flick. That'll get the message across. <laughs> just one quick Look, flick. Look, they're not. Just... Bees are not fucking <laughs> dumb. They're not going to be like, yeah. what? Like, you talking to me? Like, they're not going to be like, I'm going to fucking kill myself to ruin this motherfucker's, you know, the next five minutes of their life. Like, they're not going to die willingly for no reason. Like they're not holding a grudge. They're not people. They sure. don't have an ego. Like they if you flick be. one, they're going to be like, Oh shit, I should leave. Bees are people too. They're more afraid of you than you are. That sounds like the title of like a very 
smart episode of a very smart HBO series. One the, quick the flick. E- the ego of the oh. bee. Ha. The ego of the, the bee. That's very the Discovery bee. Channel. Yeah. Mm. Or, or a Frasier episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it was really great having you guys on uh, again. We should definitely do this again. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys had fun. Yeah, it was all right. I'll never well, do this again. Well, fuck you both. <laughs> uh, spin, uh, happy to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for us having us. Spin, oh. always a pleasure. Thanks. I feel like kind of a talk show host now. Uh, but uh, yeah, great to you have are, you. You are kind of a talk show host. Yeah, I mean, but you're mostly a DJ. <laughs> hate you both alright well thank you for listening we will see you soon goodbye <laughs> <laughs>